0: A new Batman, which was played by Ben Affleck, and he would take on Henry Cavill's Superman, and of course would introduce... For today, Tomorrow Comes Movies. Hey,
1: podcast fans. This is actor, author, musician Scott Schiaffo here, best known to you indie film fans as the Chulies Gum Guy from Kevin Smith's debut film Clerks. You're listening to Tomorrow Comes Movies. Stay awesome.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Tomorrow Comes Movies. We are the podcast that talks beyond movies, including video games, not music, comics, television, Star Wars, pop culture, Funko, anime, and much more. As always, your hosts are the Patrick and... Carissa. This is episode 140.
1: Why even keep track?
0: Well, you guys are going to hear an episode that we recorded right before Black Adam that I I thought I put it out, and I guess I never did. Like two
1: months ago? Yeah.
0: So there's still... Chris said just leave it intact. There was something I want to take out.
1: Yeah, just leave it alone.
0: But yes, uh, you know, we're rounding out the end of the year, so Chris and I were like, it's time to put a podcast out every two months, so...
1: I mean, it's better than once a year.
0: Yeah, we're... No, next year, I'm not... You know Don't even say anything. Anyways... um, You're just having too much fun over there. So, you know, for our what's going on, it's not very very happy. It's something that I feel like we need to address because we weren't podcasting at that time when this passing occurred. But back in November, Jason David Frank, the original green and white Power Ranger, passed away at the age of 49. I think this occurred around the 19th or the 20th. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was reported officially when it came out as a suicide because when i first heard about it i think it was that saturday and i was scrolling through twitter about to go to bed and i had saw that somebody i saw that jason david frank was trending and so naturally i may want to go check it out you know because i was a fan of power rangers and we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences with jason david frank and then when i clicked on it and i saw that someone said that they heard he passed away remember you started freaking out you couldn't believe it i did And then it came out officially. Everyone kept saying they're waiting for TMZ because some YouTubers, I think, posted it from theirs. They heard from their sources or whatever. And people were like, I'm waiting for TMZ. And I was like, really? TMZ has now become the official. People hate TMZ, but they know when TMZ reports it, it's official.
1: Well, I mean, they kind of source. I mean, yeah, people hate them. But even when like. Everything. Everything, I Everything mean, they it's they're now just, doing. I guess, like, the validation, like, okay, this is this is true. Well,
0: I think, I, I, I don't know how that, that business works, but I'm assuming that, that there's a payout to get these exclusive. Oh, of course. of course. right? But anyways, yeah, Jason David Frank, the original green and white Power Ranger on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and he was on countless other um, of the uh, long-running franchise shows after the original run. 49. This one, I'm not going to lie to you. uh Very rarely do I show any emotion, but this one, this one hit me really hard. Was we? I think that Sunday we were getting Chris an oil change. Yes, and we 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 went went to to breakfast. Yeah, we went to breakfast, and it hit me.
1: I looked at Patrick while he was trying to eat his pancakes, and he started crying a little bit. Actually, like I think, like it all just kind of just came, you know.
0: Well, the more and more I thought about it, it started to hit me a lot harder. Because growing up as a kid, you know, I idolized Tommy, the Green Ranger, the White Ranger. Watched the, the show, the movies. Of course, who didn't want to be um, Tommy? He literally plays a flute before he kicks ass. That is so badass to me. And of course, like, I just, I really liked his character. And so, then when I started this podcast, and we went to like our first like official convention where we were picked up as media, which was amazing. Comic Con, Las Vegas, in July twenty eighteen, I believe it was, or twenty nineteen? No, it's twenty eighteen.
1: Um, actually, it was the end of June, early July. Oh, okay. But what year? Um, sorry, I had to. I want to put my hair up. Uh, that was twenty eighteen.
0: You know, um, I had first met. Ooh, sorry. Um, you know everyone at Amazing and they said that there was opportunities for interviews. And that was one of my goals, too, when we would travel to conventions was that getting was the our, opportunity. Um, I
1: don't mean to interrupt you, but that was actually our second convention. Second one,
0: correct, correct. Sorry. But first one were, there were some big opportunities. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to discredit Palm Springs Comic Expo. That was actually our first one, excuse me. But that one had a lot of great breakthroughs. But this was like the second time for us. But really the first time getting like a big, someone like huge that had an impact on our lives. Because you were a Power Rangers fan, weren't you? I was. Were you a fan? Uh, who was your, well, uh, Pink Ranger. Right?
1: Well, the Pink Ranger.
0: But you but you were like, I had a crush on Tom.
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: So, I remember I remember when we approached the the, the thing here. I'm going to share a story. They said uh, Jason David Frank was available in, in emails. That was actually our first day, like, you want Jason David Frank? We can get that for you. So, when we got to the convention, uh, Christian can describe to you This is 2018, so about four years ago, the equipment that we had at the time.
1: So embarrassing. We were using my phone. We had a shotgun mic that was nowhere near. I mean, my cousin held it on a tripod with a shotgun mic attached to my phone. And I want to say we were like eight feet away from my phone. So we're over here thinking we're going to get pretty decent audio and the audio is Awful, but he treated us no different.
0: Yeah, he he didn't, and also because I don't know if you mentioned cousin Sam. Cousin
1: Sam was our cameraman. Yeah,
0: so because Krista doesn't really like doing interviews, she gets real nervous. I do. You have to like really like pep talk her. Yes, where I'm nervous, but I have yet to freeze. Everything's on the on top. Like, on the top of my head I'm quick. very
1: introverted when I'm not comfortable. I won't say much. I'm very quiet. But if I'm comfortable with you, oh, my God, I don't shut up. I'm like the donkey from Shrek. You know what I mean? To where Patrick gets introverted almost 95% of the time at these events. To where I'm over here, like, twiddling my thumbs. Like, I don't know what to say. So, I'm not a fan of interviews personally for myself.
0: Well, I mean, I feel more comfortable when I'm with people. If I was, like, I've been to a convention by myself, and I was totally introverted walking around. That was like actually my first con I ever went to. Was I think like a year or two prior to that. But yeah, anyways, yeah. So when we when we went through the what they call the green room, you know, we saw him. He's all dressed up in this like really nice blue, uh, kind of like a suit, right? A sports jacket. Sports jacket. Walks up. He's like, "Hey, I'm Jason and Frank."
1: He just did an interview with the news before yeah. he did an interview with us.
0: Yeah, he had just mm-hmm. done an interview with the actual news channel and one of the news channels in Las Vegas. And then, so he comes up. He's like, "Hey, I'm Jason and Frank." Introduces us ourselves. We introduce ourselves. And like Chris is like freaking out because mm-hmm. at the time Chris has always been like, "Oh, we have the worst equipment." Yeah, he did not treat us any differently. He's like, "Let's no. let's do this." No. Instantly, you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm you know i might play the interview i might tweak the audio cuz it was really bad i've never it's touched so the bad. audio i don't know if i have the original <laughs> cuz i think it's on a laptop that broke but if i can if i can get one from youtube i'll try to tweak it so you guys can you know get a little bit of
1: or mode. patrick can link the uh video yeah. on youtube
0: but like it's 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 such a really <laughs> cool interview because then like once you get comfortable you realize that that jason David frank um is just as it's pretty much it's pretty much way cooler than tommy cuz he's like you know, obviously, because this is the actor that played Tommy. But he was like, he loved Marvel. He loved comic books. We were talking about Power Rangers. And, you know, I asked him a question. I remember asking him this question. You know, you know like, something. Maybe it was like, I don't remember what the question was. Because I, I, I'm very, I don't like watching myself on camera. But I think it was like, what's the best advice you give somebody, right? I think it was. And I remember him just going like, you know, like, he's like, I just want to stay humble. You know, I'm not here. I'm here because of you guys, the fans, you know, and so he always stayed humble. He always said that, like, he never turned people down because, you know, he knows what it's like, you know, he's like, you got a camera right there. I don't care if you have the most expensive camera or you have your phone right here. This is what I do. This is, you know, he was the ambassador of the Power Rangers. Yeah. And that was our first big interview. Really cool. And then we took a photo and I remember we were leaving, right? We were leaving Mm -hmm. and he looked at Cousin Mm -hmm. Sam. He's like, you want one? Like it's just it's it's just so different because we've had some bad interviews mm-hmm. after that and and it is complete opposite. They're not even they are the I'll be honest. There's some people who are just jackasses. Jason David Frank, ultimate professional, mm-hmm. and I even got to ask mm-hmm. him something I will never. I have it on Chris. Uh, somebody filmed it, but I will never re- because it was just kind of a personal question of something that happened, and he was willing to talk about it. But that wasn't our uh, that was our first encounter. Our second encounter, mm-hmm. you weren't with me on this one. But amazing once again, shout out to them. They always gave us great opportunities. Uh, shout out to Paul as well. And I got the he actually called me this time. It was an audio interview, and they're like, yo, I got like a few minutes." How cool is it that you you see your phone and 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 I know he was based on Texas, so I knew you know they told me when he was going to call. Jason David Frank Tommy is calling you on the phone. He's like, "Hey, this is Jason David Frank." Uh, to marco's movies it was it was crazy because like i freaked out I geeked out as a kid and then we did this interview and i told him that you know we're going to the con you know it was my co-host chris's birthday's coming up so she was excited to see you and he goes yeah just come to my just come to my booth don't worry about anything i got you guys you know that'd be cool for her get to the booth uh i think this is the sec the next year right mm-hmm. 2019 mm-hmm. and we get to the line and chris and i were never like that even though he said he'd take care of us we're like you know I, i'm not like that we're gonna support him and so you know the handler i didn't i don't even think we mentioned anything to the handler and so i just you know he came with like, you know we came up to his part in the line with like, hey you know we're to marco's movies he's like you guys didn't pay did you <laughs> and chris goes yeah we did he goes oh. he was so he was really upset about it. he's like i'm so sorry about this it's a new handler he doesn't know what he's doing he's done this to someone else as well i'm sorry about this pick out he's like each of you pick out a photo Chrisa picks out one that she says he looks so, <laughs> he looks he so, good? yeah, he looks so hot in this one. I saw I picked this other one of Andy signs. He's like, hey man, you know, like, sorry about that. But yeah, he was like, and he was saying something about our name. Like he was telling somebody, he's like, tomorrow comes. He's like, what's going to come tomorrow? Movies. <laughs> and so he was just humble in, in that experience. And then I saw him, we saw him actually at another convention as well. He was walking the floor. Houston, Fan tour. He was walking the, just walking the artist alley, mm-hmm. you know? And that was just 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 cool. So like, it broke me. I' ain't gonna lie to you. We've had a few people pass, but that one hit me just because. You know they say never meet your heroes, right? I was. Lo- I think we were fortunate to meet our heroes because mm-hmm. he was probably the most genuine. To this day, I still think he's the most genuine uh, person that I've met. That I grew up idolizing, and I loved his work. What about you?
1: No, yeah, I agree.
0: You were Chris. I, I, Chris has much to say. Cause she literally didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it either. I didn't either because if you, if you, if you had a moment with Jason David Frank, you knew. Uh, this man put so much work in for the Power Rangers franchise, but he always made every experience with any fan intimate. He was never rude. He always took the time. He's great with kids, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I always I always loved watching with kids because he'd always kids would light up when he'd do the morphin time, and so. You know, but suicide, that that's hard. So, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I want to relay a message that, you know, you're not alone. You know, if you need, if you're feeling down or something, you know, reach out to somebody. You know, yeah. people, we don't know what's going on in people's lives, including, like, even ours. Like, you don't know what I'm dealing with, you don't know what Carissa has to deal with, and vice versa, the people that are listening to this. You know, everybody has it rough. We don't know each other's experiences, you know. But I know that I've been through it too. That times are rough. You start thinking things, you know. But seek help. Hopefully, you have somebody. And if you if you don't feel like you do, you do. And of course, I'm gonna link in the description the national, uh, I think, suicide prevention number. Just cause like I I don't want to hear that somebody felt like they didn't have anybody, you know, because that's that's heartbreaking. Actually, I actually had a friend in high school that 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 did a similar thing with. From what it's being reported about Jason David Frank, and it, it, that one wrecked me too in high school. So I just wanted to say, you know, rest in peace to Jay, Jason David Frank. I wanted to pay our respects because I don't feel like I feel like his interview was the reason why I was able to have more success in the future. You know, in the future after that, in 2018, then we had 2019. We've had a lot of great interviews. I'll be honest, with you. I just I think my biggest regret was like I always wanted to thank him again for the opportunity. I'm getting all like choked up here thinking about it because it's rough. But you know it's funny. Kevin Smith said something about Robin Williams. I think it's true. I remember there he said they were filming Goodwill Hunting and there was a bunch of fans waiting to meet Rob or like just just because Robin Williams was there and someone was shouting out. I think that his famous show Mork and Mindy. And Kevin said he was surprised that people were fans like. Would show up for that, you know, all the stuff he's done. And and he said, Robin Williams said something like, you know what, uh, honestly, it's o- there's always going to be more commendy fans because, like, you're in their home, in their TV. You're part of their home. you you're become part brought, of their
1: weekly lives. The
0: family, yeah, because, like, you're in their home. And I think that's why Jason David Frank's passing hit. I mean, ask Chris, like, it was, everybody was shattered. Um, Everybody was shattered, Yeah and I wanted to meet him again there was a few times he was in our area and uh we didn't we didn't just didn't have time or something was you know not, something was up we were never able to and he cuz he came in cuz he was saving comic book shops toy shops during the pandemic you know trying to help them out because of you know everything was shut down and so it just it just makes me sad because he was such a great he's such a great you know his characters he played in Power Rangers. How instrumental he was to Power Rangers. I mean, like Chris even said, he's the face of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Without him, none of this expend all the work he's put in, then hitting the concert. He was at almost every con. Mm-hmm. All the all the people, he, all the guests there. They all posted tributes, fans. You know he was he was very important to all of our lives. So I just want to say, uh, rest in peace mm-hmm. to Jason David Frank. You know he's always going to live on. Morphin lives on. So and if you need help, please seek it. Even if you want to message us, you know we're here. So just want to conclude that. You have, you have anything else, Krista? No. It's hard. I'm not gonna lie. To you. It is hard to talk about because I don't think I. I think I blindsided Krista because I didn't post.
1: No, but then we're going to we're going to review Wakanda forever at the end later in this episode. So it's kind of like, damn, Patrick.
0: Yeah, but I, I felt like I felt like we should we need to say something on it in the podcast we we posted something but we need to say something i literally
1: thought you were gonna talk about dc and i was like why are you so grim about dc well, and then you kind of just blo- yeah you definitely definitely just pit me blindsided me
0: yeah well it's a good it's a good lesson in life though you never know who's gonna give you opportunities and i'm glad that he was our big opportunity so Let's go ahead and get into this episode. I'm all all like, I'm in a different zone right now. So let's go ahead and get into this episode. Let's get a little grim here, as Chris would say, with DC. Uh, This is some good news. So let's talk movies. We're going to talk about actual movies. That's funny because I I love when I say let's talk movies and then we go like the TV or video games or something else. But we're going to talk about movies because we're going to talk about DC. The DC cinematic universe has been quite... A shit show. Let's, let's be honest, It's it's been kind of up and down. It's been rough for DC fans, you know? There's a lot of division with it. It's very divisive, but looks like there might be hope. Now, Warner Brothers has been going through a lot since they merged with Discovery, and you know, there's a lot that we're probably going to backtrack at some point and talk about, but we're going to talk about something that came out in October, because we haven't podcasted since Black Adam. That's what Black Adam did to us. We just stopped podcasting. Um... So, Warner Brothers has been looking for their Kevin Feige, Chrisa. Everybody wants a Kevin Feige because he can make a cine- cinematic universe work. And nobody's been able to duplicate it. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think nobody can do it? I mean, we've seen the U- U- uh, Universal Pictures do the dark universe that didn't work out with The Mummy. DC tried.
1: And continued to try. And five years later, 10 years, 15 later, still continues to try. Um it's hard. I mean, to me Kevin's one of a kind. He really is involved in all of these products and all of these movies, TV shows. Um he plays a, a big hand of kind of forming the MCU that he wanted.
0: And he surrounds himself cuz we always say Kevin Feige but truthfully he really surrounds himself. It's a team effort with a gr- a great group of yeah. of of people that work with him, and then who he hires, all the people. Like, it's just somehow, it's always worked. That's why I don't ever doubt Marvel. So, Warner Bros. has been looking for... I heard that they actually extended an offer to Kevin Feige, which he politely declined. And I'll be honest with you, nobody in their right mind would take that bet that he would have left Marvel for DC. So, back in October, The Hollywood Reporter exclusively reported that director-writer James Gunn And producer Peter Sanfran would oversee the newly formed DC Studios. And of course, this would control all aspects of DC from video games, television, animation, and the film divisions. I think that's great news. Now, for those who don't know, I'm pretty sure everyone knows James Gunn. But, you know, the Guardians of Galaxy films, Peacemaker series, The Suicide Squad... Now, Peter Safran may not be like a, I guess, a household name to many, you know, many of the audience that go to the movies, but you know a lot of his work. I think he's going to become quite a household name with this Shazam and the sequel, Blue Beetle, Aquaman, and the upcoming sequel. So, Chris, what do you think about this? James Gunn, Peter Safran are now going to be co CEO, co chair persons. I mean, this newly I think formed.
1: that's exciting for James Gunn. Yes. Um, I know they loved him over there at DC when he did the Suicide Squad. And then that led to the Peacemaker sequel TV series. I mean, so I think that's a good choice for them. Someone like James Gunn um, Mm. can help them. I'm not too familiar with Peter Saffron, but I did love Shazam. Yes. I'm excited for Blue Beetle. I'm excited for the Shazam sequel, Akamene, whatever. It wasn't that bad um, though. It
0: wasn't that bad. Nah. But it could be worse.
1: Uh, um, so I think this could finally be a a good thing for DC. Now we're we gonna talk about
0: yeah, we're going everything to. in DC. Well, that's gonna come up in the next section, but yes. Okay. Now, of course, there's a lot of questions going on with this, like what's gonna happen to the current universe, and we're gonna be getting into that in the next section. But yeah, so what are the rules? In this, so James Gunn's gonna be focusing more on the creative side of things, while Saffron, this is what the Hollywood Report article states, uh, he's gonna focus more on the business and production side, and they'll continue to do their directing and producing uh, projects. So it's not like it's not like obviously they're gonna continue to work. I, I'm assuming that means outside of DC, which I'm sure it is. I didn't know this though in the article. I didn't put this in here, but I believe that Peter Saffron started off as a manager and he was uh, James Gunn manager at one point. Now the good thing about this, I think this is a great idea. I just want to throw this out here. I think this is a fantastic hiring because James Gunn understands comic books and he understands how to make them into live adaptations. Like honestly in 2014 when Guardians of the Galaxy came out there was a lot of question marks of is this it for Marvel? Because these were unknown characters. I mean you had a talking raccoon you had a tree I mean you had a bunch of of actors that weren't Fully household names. I mean, Batista was recognizable, but at the time, nobody knew what kind of actor he was. You know, he had done a few miscellaneous projects. This was the first big Marvel uh, film that would not feature any characters that people were used to. And Chris and I saw a 10 minute preview back in the July of 2014, I think it was, that kind of just gave you a taste of what the Gardens of the Galaxy uh, first film would be. And we loved it. We walked out, we're like, we cannot wait for this. And then it, it, Released in theaters, and case closed, it was a huge box office critical success. Reviews were great, box office was great. I think Guardians might have become one of the most important and um uh, franchises in the Marvel Studio. Right? I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. the. I think the Guardian movies have some of the most heart emotion to them. I love these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you're not that big into them anymore. No. Oh. I was like, I, I feel like Chris. when it comes to DC, it doesn't really matter. If it was good or bad, she's, she's done with it. And I don't blame her because before these two got hired, it's been quite a roller coaster. If you've even held on, if you've even stayed on the roller coaster with some of the DC moves that have been going on. Now, what happens to the Snyderverse, which we're going to be discussing in the next <laughs> section. Uh, that was a lot of question marks for that. And honestly, when I first heard this. Back in October, I immediately what came to my mind was we're going to have to do quite a a big reboot. Now, I'm hoping, you know, that some characters were going to stick around and we're going to find out because this next uh, bombshell that came out just recently is going to be pretty uh, bad. But real quick here, because I wanted to state this to you, that Mm -hmm. there was no idea of what's going to happen to the Batman, if it's part of this or not. But there is an update we'll do in another episode. But the Joker is completely the Joker sequel that's coming out completely separate from this, they—they're not. It's being handled by another by Warner Brothers. We think about that though. So I mean, like, the Joker doesn't really make sense. There's nothing they can do about it. I mean, he won an Oscar, Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker. They're not going to touch this. It, I don't know if it needed the sequel. We'll have to talk about that in the future. But I mean, is—is is this going to give you hope? James Gunn, Peter Safran, you love Shazam, no. you know. Guardians movies. I mean, are you is there any confidence?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I think Warner Brothers is so so fucked right now. Like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, you know, they're cutting projects that should have just been released. They're, I I think they just have their head between their tails and they're just, they're trying to survive.
0: I also want to state in this that um, they are, they report directly. To the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, the one that that made the decision. I know you're talking about the cut backer, which we'll talk about in another thing. Um, and then they're going to work; they will work closely with the Warner Bros. Film division, but they are pretty much that's they basically like Kevin Feige. They just have to report to I, the main I, guy. I
1: honestly think that they should just get the creative freedom, just do what the fuck they want. Right now, at this point, I think the executives need to stay out of this because they get to control. They they control too much, and then you interfere with the creativity process of creating a cinematic universe. At this point, you're never going to beat Marvel. You're lucky to even get maybe 25% of what Marvel's built. Marvel's been building this for a very long time. And the problem with Warner Brothers is they want to be right up there. But it it takes time. It takes time. And you're confusing your audiences when you do Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. You're recasting Batmans as fast as you change underwear. It's just like, give it time. Let it marinate. Build something. Well,
0: definitely the problem with with, uh, DC before these two came on was they didn't know how to really manage these these characters or these franchises because it never really got off the ground smoothly. You know what I mean? If you really think about it, like after Man of Steel with the reception of that, things went really downhill. They started incorporating, like we got a new Batman, eventually got Wonder Woman. They but were then
1: starting something.
0: They were starting something, but they, they kind of rushed it. And I felt like, and then, you know, you're right about the Batman. They really started freaking out. Of course, you have to go to your, the go-to. What's the, what's one of the most popular characters? It's always Spider-Man and, and Batman. Batman. So, so yeah. Batman had to come back. And then you have like two Batman's. It's it's just it's just too much. But luckily, uh, in this uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, article, it does say that that his uh, their sources say that James Gunn deal will run. I think it says it runs for four years, and Gunn will be exclusive to DC. He still works for Marvel until uh, they just did the the holiday special. But as soon as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three uh, comes on theaters, they do the promotion run. He's going straight over to DC. Kevin Feige said he was the, that, that uh, James Gunn called him first and mm-hmm. gave him his blessing. I, I'm not going to bet against Gunn. Will not. After the Suicide Squad, I liked it. I don't think you said it was all right. I, I really liked it. Um, but I guess also in the article that they don't want them to just be producers, they want them to be executives. And of course, James Gunn will still occasionally, as it says in this article, still direct a movie. So, do, I mean, do you want to see Gunn more as an executive or do you want him? directing more i personally would like to see him be more of the executive and i'm okay with him doing a movie every once in a while
1: honestly i really don't care i just want them to like win for once you want dc to win honestly i should be a dc fan i should love dc truly i should and i don't
0: why do you say that What, what, what does that mean over marvel
1: i should why would you say that dc has such rich characters
0: oh it does
1: and, Very, and or- longevity in their in their characters. They could just never get something going on the big screen. But if you look at The Flash, the, the TV show, look how long that, that went on for. Arrow. Look at Arrow. Look how long that went on for. Yeah, a lot of their shows on um You, CW, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I, I think I should be a DC fan. I like comic books, but I've always gravitated towards Marvel since the first Iron Man. And they started getting the ball rolling with that.
0: Well, I have to agree. I just think that the good thing about these two guys is they clearly, I mean, because I love Shazam, the producer. I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan, but I feel like they handled it well. He clearly knows how to produce a movie. James Gunn knows how to adapt them. Both of them, they know how to adapt comic books to make it work for the big screen. And now you have two creative minds that I think are going to have a cohesive balance. And, And what Chris is saying, it's finally getting DC a win, getting them on the right track and I think it's gonna be a slow process, to be honest. I think it's gonna take a while. And that's okay. That that is clearly okay. And so now we're gonna get to the news that has bummed a lot of people, including Chris and I. We're a little sad, but it is a necessary in my opinion, I think it's a necessary uh sacrifice. We'll see what uh, Chris has to say about agree that. With that. So, we're going to head over to our next segment, which is Take a Stroll Down Superheroes Alley, where we talk about everything superhero related. And we're going to continue this. Chris and I are already have a different opinion about it. But recently, I think it was just like a few days ago, Henry Cavill uh, announced on his Instagram that he's officially done as the current Superman in this current DC universe. And there are new plans for a film of Superman. Focusing on a younger version of the character. So, the basics, of course. Henry Cavill's been Superman since 2013's Man of Steel. Wow, you're just walking away while I'm doing all this.
1: Go ahead, keep going.
0: Okay, yeah. So, since 2013's Man of Steel, which I personally loved Man of Steel. I did. I thought Man of Steel was really good. You know, I'm not like a diehard Superman, so I didn't read all the comics, but I I understood that there were some criticisms about, you know, something with that film, but I I generally enjoyed it. Now, not only did he do his own solo movie, he came back. And this one is funny, because Chris is like doing something real quick, because she has a reaction to this. Henry Cavill comes back in 2016's Batman vs. Superman, which pits a new Batman, which was played by Ben Affleck, and he would take on Henry Cavill's Superman, and of course would introduce. Wonder Woman. I feel like this is not spoilers. And then you get like little clips of Aquaman, a really weird-looking Ezra Miller as the Flash. Yes. And then um Cyborg. And then of course, a year later, you would get the Justice League, which of course was originally going to be helmed by director Zack Snyder, who did Man of Steel, who did Batman versus Superman. He's also done Watchmen. Um yeah, they were going to, you know, they were going to do this 2017 Justice League he left the project for personal reasons, you know, with his family, and then Josh Whedon, the director of the first two Avenger movies, and of course the uh, creator and writer, I think, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Love that show. Love the show. May not love the the guy behind it though. But yeah, he helmed it. It was a kind of a mess, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there there was rumors that there was a Zack Snyder. Snyder Cut of the Justice League, which eventually came out, and that was his last appearance officially at that time in 2021, last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, what happened to Henry Cavill? I remember there was one point where he was almost done with it. We we did an episode a while back that he was done. It was more of a contract negotiation. So, we were like, you know, after the Justice League, what's going to happen with Henry Cavill, Superman? Well, a movie came out that stopped us from podcasting called Black Adam. <laughs> Starring Dwayne Johnson, uh, passion project for him. Can't wait to review that one. Actually, um, it's on know, of HBO Max, it is um, Black Adam featured pretty much the last time we would see Henry Cavill don the Superman costume in a in a basically a post credits cameo that was ruined before it even came out.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was opening up my no, sprite. you're good, and so. I lied. I'm opening up my beer because I'm depressed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so those are his last appearances. There's something else I want to talk about, but real quick here, Chris, what are your thoughts on Henry Cavill? I, I went through his his appearances in- as Superman. I'm pissed. No, but his appearances, oh. like
1: I like- loved him. The Man of Steel. I loved him. I now loved him. In- loved him in everything. I think he was a great Superman.
0: I, I think so too. I mean, not just the physicality of it. But like the emotional aspects, mm-hmm. the performances, he truly understood this character. And I just feel like he kind of got shafted because nothing was ever perfect. I think they should have just went with Man of Steel 2. I agree. Even, and, and just before we get Batman vs Superman, I felt like, I guess, it was divisive. If you remember, it didn't do as well. But I, I, I love the
1: movie. Batman v. Superman, you love that movie. No, no, the first one. Oh, Man, of, Man Steel. of Steel. Oh, I B- was Batman like, Patrick, ba-
0: please. Batman versus Superman. I didn't really like it, but Barf when we saw City. the the Ultimate Edition. Barf City. Okay, well, when I saw the Ultimate Edition of Batman versus Superman. I, I liked it. Same with the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh. I liked it. But this is what I have to state, though. As much as I thought that they were better films, like, if they left them like this, the problem is the replay value. I, I mean, I Lo- loved- I loved uh, the last two Avengers movies. I would rather watch those back to back than rewatch Zack Snyder's Justice League because of the investment that I got throughout the years. I agree. Um, and of course, but with I that. I loved him. Yeah, I know. Batman versus Superman, if they would have added the parts that they did, it would have been a long movie. That's a downfall, but it was good. Um, I, I, I loved Henry Cavill as well. I thought he was a great Superman. So, of course, you know, he's done, but. Uh, I want to talk about this real quick here. You know, Dwayne Johnson really pushed for the Henry Cavill return. They have the same reps. Um, I don't know specifically, but they do have the same reps for this cameo. And he was hoping to use this post-credits cameo as a way for them to face off, despite that Black Adam's rifle is Shazam. But yeah, so that, that you know, if Dwayne Johnson didn't fight for it, we probably would have never got Henry Cavill again as uh, Superman. So let me read you... Here, his uh, hold on one second. I gotta read the um, official post because it's uh it's pretty sad. What is today? The seventeenth of December. Eighteenth. Eighteenth. So this came out, I think, the fourteenth or fifteenth. And this is what he said. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: you ready? On Instagram, I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire of James Gunn and Peter Safran. This news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side throughout the years or through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but then we must remember Superman is still around everything that he stands for still exists, and the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to where the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will it's been a fr- It's been a fun ride, excuse me, with you all onwards and upwards, and then the news it started breaking everywhere and it was uh it was very very uh dep- it was very depressing to hear that because i forgot that after he uh after the cameo was spoiled in black adam he did announce on instagram that he was back mm-hmm. as this
1: he even left the witcher
0: yes he did all right so yeah i will state this when he announced his return as superman on on instagram after i think the weekend of black adam you know i think uh, like uh, it came out after this that uh he had you know exited the Witcher. And then Liam Hemsworth <laughs> would be taking over uh, the character, which wasn't well received either. But yeah, he left The Witcher, and I heard he was getting paid like a million per episode. And, you know, I, you kind of feel bad for the guy. You know, you kind of feel bad for the guy. He got the wink and the point, he got the handshake deal. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. Black Adam didn't do so well at the box office. And then. They're like, yeah, now it's your back as uh, Superman. And then they hired James Gunn and Peter Saffron. I think it came out like like a week or like maybe the day after that he was – that they were hired. And then and they're so, like, psych. Yeah. I mean, it's sad for Henry Cavill. Like, I, I truly feel bad for him because that's one of the most – one of the biggest missed opportunities of s- casting in the superhero genre that they didn't utilize him correctly. Mm-mm. You know, his – you know what I mean? Like, it's a bummer. Ben Affleck is going through this not once, but twice. You know, it's a shame. But I think it's a necessary sacrifice because, honestly, the Snyderverse has been divisive. James Gunn and Peter Saffron have to move on and recreate, reboot this universe as they see fit. Now, I personally thought that they were going to keep him. Before this came out. I don't know about you. Cause I actually thought they're going to keep him. I thought they were just going to be a, a way to wipe everything, you know, clean and try to start over and just incorporate. But no, they decided that they were going to move on. Now, of course I have something here from James Gunn. Now James Gunn did respond. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing. Cause like I'm terrible at reading this stuff, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it. So he tweeted after the announcement, I think maybe like the next day or whatever, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But we just had a great meeting with Henry, and we're big fans. And we talked about a number of exciting possibilities. To work together in the future. When someone asked if it was a movie. He said yes. They asked who's writing it. A fan on Twitter. Someone wrote, uh, James Gunn wrote back. I am writing and have been for a while. We don't know who is directing yet. Someone asked if it will be an origin story. No way. So that's why Henry Cowell is not coming back. Because they have decided to do a new iteration. Of Superman. A younger one. Not an origin story. When a, a younger Superman that focuses on the early part of his life. What do you think about that? And James Gunn's Ryan. it.
1: It upsets me.
0: <laughs> it well, does. It, it does bother well, me. Well,
1: I see both ends of the stick. DC's trying to rebuild. In their mind, let's just cut ties what we've done. Let's start a new beginning. We're going to reboot everything. But at the same time, when you have someone like Cavill, who who is a really good Superman, like you said earlier, understands the character. He truly did. Why are you closing the door on on somebody who is perfect for the role?
0: Well, I feel that James Gunn and Peter Safran were put in a hard position because of the previous regimes and the current regime of Warner Brothers. All dropped the ball on the Man of Steel film, uh, Man of Steel films, excuse me, and Henry Cavill's Superman because they announced him. They they told him, "Go ahead and say you're coming back," but at the same time, it sounds like you were looking for someone to take over the studio. Yeah. So, in that meeting with 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 James Gunn and Peter Safran, uh, the CEO, I think is David Zalazov. I'm I probably butchered name. I'm sorry, but they had an opportunity to sit down there and talk about this. You know, I would have never had him announce he's back as Superman if I, if you were already looking for other people who most likely you had a conversation about with Cavill. I would have to assume that had to been brought up and you didn't, you know, an indication that they might, you know, start over. So at the end of the day, Warner Bros. dropped the ball on him many times. Why did we never get a Man of Steel 2 film? I, I know it didn't do as well as people hoped, but honestly, it still pr- did pretty well, you know? But DC, well, I'm not even going to say DC. Warner Brothers made the wrong choices by trying to jumpstart their universe by basically colliding things without letting it grow naturally. Like,
1: because they were trying to catch up to normal. It's
0: like, it's like, uh, it's like, like the evolution theory. They did not want to do, they didn't, they didn't go the route like how life just like slowly started coming to form. They did the Big Bang Theory. Boom. Let's just put them all together. Let's just make this work. It doesn't work like that. Marvel did a great platform for them. And I know that it would look like they copied Marvel if they had done that, but it was a blueprint that worked. Mm -hmm. And guess what? A blueprint that works, you can tweak a little bit and see what you can do differently and see how audiences react to it. Mm -hmm. But you didn't do that. Now, the whole Black Adam. Yeah, but the Black Adam controversy. I mean, honestly, what did you guys think was going to happen? When you showed Henry Cavill at the end of Black Adam. And I'm, I'm only saying... I'm not even doing a spoiler alert because everyone knew. It was already out in the bag before the movie even came out. True. Which is not a good way to sell your movie. No. Well, actually, yes and no. Because you knew people were going to go there to see Henry Cavill, Superman. At the same time, you throw away the surprise element, which would have made it so much better. No way home. And so, that's my honest opinion on it, is, is I don't blame James Gunn. I don't, I don't blame Peter Saver. I wish they would have kept him, honestly. And f- maybe found a way to make it work, but at the same time, you're going to constantly have to deal with the Snyder Snyderverse fans, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. I don't want to state, I don't want to make it sound like there, but there's a lot of bad, and there are a lot of good as well. But though, it's very toxic at some points. And if you don't start over, you're always going to have these people lingering over you. Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder. I want this. So maybe a fresh start will work. Now, of course, Chris has makes a point too. James Gunn and Peter Saffron could have kept him. They could have made it work, but now they put a target on their backs. But you know what? I believe James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to yeah. rise to the occasion and make mean, it work.
1: Y- you're right. I mean, they're put between a rock and a hard place. You know, it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Do we just cut ties and, like I said, s- start a whole new universe? Isn't your drink, like, hot now? No, my, no. my bow was still good. I, I gave Patrick some bow to make him happy. Um, but, you know, it's like, what do you do? do you, like you said, do you, do you cut ties? Or do you just try to move forward? And uh, even though I don't agree with it, I, I understand where they're coming from. It's going to be easier for them just to cut ties and start all over again. I don't agree with that. But I don't like... I don't not disagree. I'm just mad. <laughs> it, it's just... Because it, <laughs> I really liked him. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: At the end of the day, it comes down to failed leadership.
1: It's like... it's A like, lack of leadership. It's like, let's say, hypothetically... Don't fight me. Nobody come at me for this. No one drag me. Let's say hypothetically Captain America, the first Avenger, which is the weakest in his trilogy, in my opinion. Um, No, I would agree. Let's say it didn't do well. Right? But we knew Chris Evans was a great Captain America. And let's say we never got the opportunity to get the Winter Soldier, one of my favorites, or Civil War. Or Falcon. Huh?
0: Or Falcon. Falcon. Because, like, if you didn't make anything outside of the first event, you would never get Falcon either.
1: No, no. That would have hurt. But you know what I'm saying? That's where the type about Henry Cavill is, the possibilities. How do you know Man of Steel 2 wouldn't have done good? But again, uh, this is why I wouldn't want to be somebody in power like this. I become very indecisive because I like to look at both sides. Okay, well, I see where you're coming from. And it's a hard decision. And yes, they did put a target on their back because now these people are gonna like, okay, well, you got rid of my Superman. Yeah, show me what you're gonna do. Then. Yeah, you know.
0: And what's next for the rest of them? We know we know Ezra Miller's Flash is done. We're, we'll talk about Wonder Woman. There's some problems with that. Shazam. There's some concerns. But let me tell you another thing, Grisa. Now during this, because the Hollywood Reporter did a little bit more of an you know expansion mm-hmm. of what's going on behind Henry Cavill's exit. Listen to this. So the Warner Brother studio heads co-chiefs, um, Michael D. Luca and Pam Ab- Abdi, from this, what the article states, they were actually in the process of making a Man of Steel 2. They, were, they hired Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight to write a treatment. They were actually thinking about getting this going. And, the, and, you know, one of his classic villains, Brainiac, was to be the villain. So, they were actually actively developing possibly a sequel to Man of Steel before this happened. Look at this, look at this confusion. So, I mean, like, (laughs) it's just, it just doesn't, this is what happens when you don't have, you have a lack of leadership or failed leadership that's not understanding how to make this work. Marvel Studios has a team. Disney does not interfere, despite what people say. From what I've heard, Disney does not interfere. They just let them make the product, same with Star Wars when they come out. And they go with it. You know? And look at Marvel's last phase. It's been a little bit divisive. I like it. You know, it's not been the most uh, acclaimed phase, but I'm riding with it. Because mm-hmm. you know why? Because I know, because th- they put they put the work in. I put an investment in these characters. Some of them I was a little disappointed with, but nothing on the level of some of these DC movies. Now people are going to say, oh, you're Marvel biased. Ask Chris. I've always championed that DC will figure this out. I, yeah. saying, I hope they do. Because I love comic books. I just love watching them. And I want everyone to succeed in the comic book genre and half of them don't but what do you think about that a man of steel 2 treatment was being in the works prior, i think prior to this announcement even prior to the james Gunn them getting hired i think possibly not good so mm-hmm. why are you making a sequel mm-hmm. why, wh- what is going on here that would have been a great thing too with brainiac now someone you know in this article they talk about like why did he show up in black adam remember i told you dwayne johnson you know pursued it and in the article one insider said this quote in the end he was a pawn in Dwayne's failed attempt to control a piece of dc damn now i know that that you know Dwayne johnson really put a lot of passion in you know into this project of character he's apparently wanted to play for 15 years and he you know i know that at the time i think the head of dc at the time did not want to put henry cavill in the cameo and he went above them and got it yeah. And, of course, you're going to put your, you know, Dwayne Johnson is a bankable, you know, movie star. Movie came out. And we'll be talking about that. There's a lot of problems with that movie. It wasn't the worst movie I've seen, but there was a lot of things that could have done better. But that cameo gave people hope. And, the, and now people feel like they're stringed along. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them for being upset. But another downfall of the Henry Cavill exit Chris, is he got... T- 250k for a cameo for Black Adam and for the Flash cameo, they're they're taking that out now.
1: Wow! Remember? Yeah, in did the he article. get paid? He got paid. Oh, good. Which for him. is
0: never gonna see it. Um, you know, and what do you think? Yeah, the the Witcher thing sucks too. Like he, yeah. you gambled, and that's something he's gonna have a conversation with your reps. You gotta have mm-hmm. a conversation with your reps because your reps. Are supposed to protect you. Trust me, I've dealt with reps. They're horrible when it comes to interviews. They protect their products, which I I respect, but they're also ridiculous because like some of them literally work for the reps. It's weird, um, you know. And someone, uh, someone told you know someone tweeted the gun. They mentioned the article. Like you know, they felt like Henry Cavill got strung along, and. James Gunn tweeted back, everything with Black Adam happened before I was around. That's the one thing I like about James Gunn, that everyone, whether you agree with him or not, should respect. He's been transparent with you. That's the most transparency DC fans have ever had. I just feel like I wouldn't want his job. I don't want to have no. to deal with constantly have to respond to people. No. But Henry Cavill has something else lined up uh another franchise a warhammer 4000 at amazon which we'll talk about soon it's a video game he's a big gamer i don't know if you know that because i did not yeah he's a huge gamer i think he built his own computer oh wow so at the end of the day will henry cavill be fine yes yeah um i think henry cavill is a great actor he will get back up on his feet if you saw him in mission impossible if you love him in the witcher uh he's done a, a couple other movies he's good so if you love him support his, his movies he's gonna get another franchise now people think marvel's gonna pick him up that'd be hilarious
1: That would be funny.
0: It would be because, you know, Kevin Feige's like, I got you, gun. Don't you worry. (laughs) You know, so to wrap it up, um, you know, wish Henry Cavill the best. I honestly do. It's a shame. We'll look back on this and be like, wow, what could have been?
1: Shame. But
0: Krista and I might be a little different. I think this is the right step forward.
1: I don't agree with it. Don't touch
0: Shazam. That's what (laughs) I hope, but they're probably going to. Yeah, they're
1: going to, come
0: on. So that is it. I'm it. sure we're gonna have a more and more DC news than Chris has been uh, prepared for because we yeah. used to like not. Talk- I'm
1: upset about some other stuff too. But well, well,
0: there's more coming, but up,
1: we'll so. talk about that later. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. We talked a lot. Of th- this is how extensive these two things were that we didn't talk about. So let's move over to trailer reaction. We're gonna do two trailers. Yay! Yes, yeah, so we're gonna start with the Barbie trailer, which is cinema, cinema, cinema. Martin Scorsese says cinema when he saw the trailer. Okay, that's how important this is. No, but honestly, the Barbie teaser trailer came out. Very exciting stuff. Real quick here, this is going to be directed by Greta Gerwig, which if you are familiar with Little Women and Lady Bird, which are two excellent movies, I actually prefer her version of Little Women. I think it's fantastic. Lady Bird is amazing. She's helming this movie. It's co-written by her and director her. Noah Bombok. Bombok. Yes. I hope I got that right. He directed Marriage Story. They're actually uh, together in real life, too. I think that's yes. that's pretty cool. This is coming out July 21st, 2023, Cinema. Cinema. It stars Margot Robbie as the famous character, Barbie, the doll line, the famous toy line. Ryan Gosling will be playing Ken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm only going to mention this because I, he's one of the first ones I caught, but uh, Simu Liu is in it as well, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. So Barbie teaser trailer came out. Chris, what did you think about it?
1: It looks amazing. Cinema. Now, I'm a little biased because I am a big Greta Gerwig fan. Um, Any project that she does, I am there. I'm for it. I'll camp out if I have to.
0: (laughs) You're going to camp out when you can buy your tickets, reserve your seat, thinks it's 1999, The Phantom Menace. I always think about that. Camping out. They're going to call the police on you. 100%.
1: No, but, like, seriously, I'm a really big fan of her work, so I'm really excited. So even when this got announced, like, a while ago, I was I was super excited for it. And then, of course, you hear the cast. Margot Robbie, who doesn't love her. Oop. Ryan Gosling, who doesn't love him. See and there's some other people in there, too. Um, ah, What's her name? Issa Rae's in there. Yes. I, I don't like know. Her if,
0: her I hope lot. I said your name right. Yeah, she's great. Uh, She was great in a few things. I've That yeah. one she did with um, Camille. The photograph. The Oh. The, I, the photograph I really she's like that fantastic movie. in the photograph, right? <laughs> uh, great to so, see her.
1: I mean, I'm great to see. You know, so I, I, I'm for it. I'm for it now. I don't know what the movie's about. No, and no. the teaser trailer, you know, is being narrated, and it's talking about dolls. Oh, by know? Helen
0: Mirren. Uh, and
1: yes, how the how the dolls started with you know they're, they're porcelain dolls. They're always little little kid dolls. They're baby dolls. When Barbie came out, that just kind of, like, revolutionized the whole doll game. Yeah, I mean, I'll be
0: honest with you. Younger generations probably don't know the significance of Barbie. You and I might have been one of the last generations. It was a huge deal. People were collecting special editions. Mm -hmm. But not even taking them out. Like, it was a big uh, deal. But, yeah, real quick here, I wanted to mention, yeah, Helen Mirren's from the Fast and Furious films. Um, So, you know. The, the the later ones, but
1: but Barbie started in
0: 1959. Wow! Yeah. So so, what you think of the trailer?
1: It looked interesting. It looked fun. It looked colorful. It looked like if we were Barbies and we lived in that Barbie world, and it was so vibrant and theatrical, and the costumes. I mean, I'm I'm super excited for it.
0: I'll be honest with you, I'm glad that the teaser trailer showed absolutely nothing in regards of what this is about.
1: And her costume, that we see her in first, is a replica of what the first Barbie looked like.
0: Oh, wow. But yeah, I, I like that the trailer was, wasn't was very long, the teaser trailer. It showed you absolutely nothing of the story. It just kind of just throws you in there and you're like, what is going on? But it's very colorful it looks, uh, it looks like it's gonna be quite a trip. That's what I think it is. Like, I, I don't think people are prepared for what Barbie, what the Barbie film is gonna be about. And I think it's not gonna be anything that nobody's gonna figure this out. It's not gonna be what people think Barbie is. It's gonna be something different. And I, I, I was like, as soon as the trailer was over, I watched it. Again, I was like, I want to see this so badly. I might be camping with Chrissa. I don't know. I mean.
1: Okay, so I'm looking at um, maybe my car. Wikipedia. I didn't even know that these characters really have like full on names. Barbara Millicent Roberts.
0: No, I, I don't know anybody. It's Barbie. That,
1: Kenneth Sean Carson is Ken. Skipper Roberts. Barbie's sisters. Like I wasn't. I, don't know. I wasn't super into Barbies. Um, the cinema. There I was thinking I was a Power Ranger, so but I did have the Power Ranger dolls, though. So yeah. those are cool. But I mean, it, it looks fun. It looks exciting. I, you, you don't know what's going on, and I think that's the exciting part about the movies. You're gonna go in kind of open minded and kind of just there for the ride. It's cinema.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, we see <laughs> Simu Liu's character dancing. Mm-hmm. It looks. It looks like I'm not gonna lie to you. The Barbie movie could have easily been. Um, a kids movie it feels like it's gonna be a movie for all of it. it's just it just looks absolutely nuts it looks like I, i'm honest, i'm saying this it felt like an oscar movie the way they sold that trailer i was like what is this i mean the first thought that came to my mind was like the Lawland. Mm-hmm. i thought of the intro i'm like everyone's gonna start dancing like but yeah it looked good it looks i don't know what it's about but i just want to watch it great that's how you do a teaser trailer you show nothing just a little bit to wet the beak now everyone's gonna be in line
1: mm-hmm. everyone's
0: gonna be in line like what do you? we're want to all see-? gonna
1: be camping up for barbie
0: uh, in the car because i'm not <laughs> sitting out there i don't trust people at night we're all gonna be lining up they're gonna be like what do you want to watch cinema i'm are gonna be like oh barbie <laughs> they're gonna know marcia says will probably be the first in line we'll see him at the premiere you'll be like i don't like marvel movies but barbie cinema i'm there yeah so i think it looks good so i can't i can't i actually can't wait it's gonna be one of my most anticipated films also, the reason why I want to watch this, it all comes down, as Chris has said, Greta, Greta Gearwig. I mean, she's two for two. And then she she wrote this with Noah Baumbach. Marriage Story. I love Marriage Story. You can't go wrong with this. I, I cannot see this being bad. I hope not, because it just looks so good. So we're going to move over to the second trailer. It's another teaser trailer. one that Chris One of Chris's favorite franchises. Her favorite horror franchise. Yes. A movie... That I don't even know I don't even think we need a sequel for, but I'm gonna watch it because it looks good. Scream six.
1: Scream six.
0: Now this one is a sequel to last year's or actually last year, I want to say that this year's Scream 5 because it came out earlier in the year. And the same same directors. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'll do a spoiler, I guess. I didn't even like say, I'll give you five seconds, just a spoiler. Um, The surviving cast is coming back. Yes. Of course, we're getting Hayden Panettiere, Kirby from Scream 4. I've got some new ones showing up as well, but we'll talk about that later. Teaser trailer, Chrissa. what'd you think?
1: You know, there's so much around this movie. You know, Nev Campbell, is it going to come back? How do you move on from a a franchise without... Okay, calm down with your boba over there, Patrick. Um, you know, how do you make a scream without Nev Campbell? You know, is my biggest thing. But I'm therefore I'm gonna try it out. They moved; they're in New York. I know they were like on big a time. subway. Yeah, yeah. Which I find a very interesting concept. You know, the 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 teasers doesn't start off like a horror movie. It's like you get these like pan shots of like New York. You see people walking into the subway, it's Halloween. And then all of a sudden we cut to our cast. In the, you know? in the subway train, yeah. And then all of a sudden we see it. Ghostface. And not just one. I think there was like four or five of them.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. You
1: know, and then in the subway, I mean, we went to New York, we went to the subway once and I we got lost and I didn't want to do it again. <laughs> but I, I guess when they go through the tunnels and stuff, it gets it goes dark. You know, and so I thought that was a really cool concept, and then all of a sudden we see one of our characters, which I forgot her name, one of the twins. Yeah, no, no, um, I'll pull it up. She got stabbed by Ghostface. Or that's what it seems to Well, that's to what be. it looks like, You're at never, least Never from the trailer.
0: Yeah, I would say never, uh, yeah, the, the, I've so much leaked of this, by the way. I, I refuse to look at it, but a lot has leaked of what's going to happen. Mindy.
1: Mindy, Mindy,
0: the one that was uh, a movie buff, like her, yes. uh, her uncle. Yes. Yeah. So, anything else?
1: I'm I'm excited for it in March.
0: Yeah, it you comes got th-
1: a good birthday month coming it was, for you, think bro.
0: March 10th. 10th. And
1: Barbie's on- coming out in March too. What's and coming out? Mar Barbie isn't it in that March. July. Oh, sad day.
0: The Kree three.
1: Creed three. Yeah. So Mandalorian. And the Mandalorian. You're gonna have a good birthday month.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Um, so when, when the when the teaser trailer was coming out, I had seen a little bit of snippet that it, it wasn't going to look like a Scream. It wasn't going to look like Scream. And I'll be honest, you, when I first saw the trailer, I was like Cloverfield vibes. Because one, I was hoping it was going to be a sequel to Cloverfield because the way they set it up. But it didn't feel like a Scream trailer, which I think was cool. That's a really cool tactic. Like Barbie, mm-hmm. don't give me too much. Just wet the beak. Just get my get my you know give me give me a little bit of an appetite to go watch the movie in theaters. That's what I miss about trailers. And someone's going to be like, well, it's a teaser trailer. The point is, trailers today are spoiling too much, and it's ruining the experience in the theater. So this trailer, this teaser trailer for Scream Six was great because Chris is right. You see, like New York, you know, you're kind of going, what, what is this? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting Cloverfield vibes, and then it shows Halloween. And you're like, oh shit, it's a horror movie. <laughs> Not good. Then you get to the subway train, and then we see our first look at, you know, our surviving cast. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and you know, like, the cool thing about the trailer was in the subway car before we see the sur- surviving cast, it just looks like a, a bunch of Halloween costumes, just mm-hmm. regular ones, right? And then as soon as uh, we see our surviving cast, we start seeing Ghostface popping up multiple once and there's just one in particular that's staring at them of course we see jenna otega's character and i was like i kept telling Chris, i was like why is she further away from them like if i went through a scream movie i'm sticking together i've learned what happens when you separate scream two i'm just <laughs> not doing it and so i loved the thing when it went dark i started predicting that they're gonna do like that trope where like as as they kept as they you know, they get to the light, the person gets closer. I love that aspect that it was dark and she kind of freaked out. She knew he was pretty close or she might be pretty close to the ghost face. Now, the ghost face, as soon as the light came out, grabbed her, which I think is probably uh editing, but that that kind of freaked me out. And that's it, Scream 6. I was like, oh, I got to see this. That's it. Yeah. Now, the downfall with Scream 6 is it's been known that Nev Campbell is not coming back. There was rumors that she was going to be in it for a little bit, but most likely she'll be, uh, I think she'll be, she's coming back for the n- next one. That's a little disheartening. Like, it would be like making, and they pr- have done this before, making a Halloween movie without Jamie Lee Curtis just doesn't doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same feel to it. No. Like, Nev Campbell should be in this. I believe that Courtney Cox is coming back in this. So, but New York, New Rules. And it's new true. New York, New Rules? In a in a city of millions, no one hears you scream. I don't know how that's possible because they never go to fucking bed in New York. I walked at 2 a.m. and the people were still up. But I think it looks good. Great trailer. It looks really good. W- what are you doing? Like every time I'm I talk, Chris kind of is on her phone. Like I, I knew DC. It's so funny. DC, you barely hear a whisper from Chris. She's oh, done. Stop. You biased Marvel fan. But no, I, I think stop. both trails look good. I can't I'm kinda glad they're switching up the scenery, right? How many times are we gonna do this shit in Woodsboro? too many too many so is this the first yeah. time they went to the east coast
1: uh yeah
0: yeah so this is gonna be no
1: fun. no 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 what? i don't know where they are um oh wait that college the might second be the, one
0: i think that college is oh that might be an east coast thing too maybe but anyways can't wait for it now if the nev campbell thing might linger that might be the lingering effect of this whole movie yeah,
1: yeah it's like so. i don't know
0: but both trailers look good i can't wait to see them so that is it we're gonna move over to funko so the first one, I feel like Chris, this is this is for you. This is for me. So what do we got here?
1: We got the comic covers. We have the first appearance of Kamala Khan in Earth's Mightiest Hero, Captain Marvel.
0: I love the pop covers. I think this is a great one. So this is I love the
1: pop covers, but they're really hard to fit because they're so uniquely shaped. Mm. And you can't fit as many as you could a regular size Funko.
0: That is true. But this
1: one looks really good. This one looks really good. The mold looks a little different from the Walgreens exclusive one I got, like, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, But I definitely want it.
0: Yeah. It's a Target exclusive, right? Yes. They really have been investing. Most of them are Target yeah. exclusives. Oh, uh, I can't wait for this. It's, it's
1: supposedly already out. Patrick hasn't got it for me
0: we'll find it. Mhm. Sorry, I had to I had to pull it up for myself. So the next one is uh looks like Amazon's been really investing in these build-a-scenes. These are something that's starting to come out like GameStop did it. But Marvel's uh Amazon's doing one with Marvel based off the Captain America Civil War films. The first one up is Vision. So you get to build this cuz I think there's going to be a, like there's, it's one of 12. So
1: it looks like we're going to get Vision, Hawkeye, Black Panther, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, uh, Winter Soldier, um, I can't tell who number one one four nine is. Ant Man, Spider Man, Falcon, Captain America. Oh, so this must be War Machine and Iron Man.
0: Yeah, so the first one, and I'll I'll everything that we talk about Well, there's always links in the description of the episode. So the, this and is up for pre order. $12.99.
1: Oh my god. We should get two sets. And then take one, one out, set yeah. out. I already pre-ordered. And then pre-ordered. we can have them go at it.
0: Yeah, I, I already brought, bought two.
1: Where? Where are we going to put this?
0: We'll figure it out. Oh. So th- that one, that one's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how big these are. I know that the price, there's a price error, but that's pretty cool. So now we can move on because it, it didn't make an episode, Episode, but Chris and I were on two different wavelengths of like, what are we talking about first? Because I didn't see that I uh, morphed some other pops in here. But this one is the one, this one's interesting to me, Krista, because this is a first look, but it's missing a few things. oh yeah
1: so we have a first look at walt disney disney 100 years pop icons and it's walt holding the sketch of mickey mouse the only problem is that i see right off of the bat is it doesn't have a name at the bottom of the funko box
0: it looks great though i love when they actually incorporate and it's in
1: black and white
0: yeah i i I actually think that's like i'm now being very yeah well we'll share that one i guess that's a pretty cool pop i think it's pretty cool so that's a, that's a really cool pop i love the first sketch so what do we got next
1: and then at la comic-con which we just went to a couple of weeks ago there was a metallic nezuko that was available for pre-order they didn't have any at the actual event but it looks like they're starting to ship out so it pretty much is the original mold of nezuko with the little bamboo in her mouth and her pose same pop just Metallic. It
0: actually looks good as Metallic. I don't really have a pre order link for it. I'm not gonna uh cause I'm gonna wait for the actual drop to come out. That's just weird to have an exclusive and you don't have it ready to go.
1: Mm, well It's
0: not the first time that this company's no. done this. They did this last year with Hunter yeah, Hunter.
1: Yeah, last year with Hunter Hunter, yeah. So next up it looks like we're getting another one of the Hashira from Demon Slayer. I am not gonna be able to say this name.
0: Oh, uh, s- but s- this is the
1: guy that I wanted to beat up because he was hurting Tanjiro.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's uh, Sanemi Shina Zugawa. I-, I I can't say him as fast as I would like, but hold on, I just want to look this up real quick because I always get him confused.
1: And it looks like this is going to be, um, it's going to be an exclusive to somewhere because the first look is the special edition. The new logo for Funko. I love the
0: new special edition. I think it pops way better. But yeah, this pop is going to be very hard to get. I guarantee you this is going to be a nightmare. I can't wait for this pop, though.
1: And then we are getting more Dragon Ball Super Pops.
0: So we're going to be getting Shin and Kale. You're getting a 10-inch Super Saiyan Rose Goku Black Jumbo. And then you're getting three exclusives, which I'm going to go through real quick here. You're getting a Jiren... It looks like he's uh, powering up Funko.com exclusive, glow-in-the-dark. You're getting a Super Saiyan Trunks with Sword. That's an Amazon exclusive, which is available for pre-order. Link in the description. Jiren, I think I said, was a Funko.com exclusive. And the last one is the regular 4-inch Entertainment Earth is getting the glow-in-the-dark super saiyan rose goku black which uh chris i don't know if you saw all the glows look fantastic
1: they look really good i
0: I love the glows so you can pre-order too not bad so i i I personally love them i I definitely think the glows are the big sell so can't wait for these to come out and i think that uh i think that wraps it up yeah so that's it for funko and uh i think for chris is what just the demon slayer pops and Civil Uh, War. Demon Slayer
1: and the Miss Marvel.
0: Yeah, so that wraps it up. We're going to move over to our last segment before our review, which is Take Me to the Outer Rim. Some exciting news for us Mandalorian fans. The official Twitter of Mandalorian revealed earlier this year. I think it was probably revealed that Comic-Con Experience Brazil. Um, But the new season, season three of Mandalorian comes out March 1st, 2023, exclusively on... Disney plus the hit show from 2019. Love both seasons. Love the child. Love the Mandalorian. Love all the characters. And this I would is agree. Com- yeah, this is coming out the day before my birthday. And that's How just- exciting for you. I know. I never get anything good on my birthday and finally Star Wars comes. So I'm really excited about the Mandalorian. I think there's a trailer we'll eventually talk about, but it's been a little bit of a wait, right, for this, for this uh, season. Yeah. But... Good things come to those who wait. So, very exciting news. Very exciting news. And uh, can't wait to see what season three entails, considering how they left us with season two. Well,
1: then we got that little, little snippet inside a Book of Boba Fett.
0: True, true. Yeah, so exactly. So, I can't wait to see our favorite Mandalorian, uh, what he's up to. So, anything, Carissa? I'm excited. She she She's doing something. So, now she puts the phone out because she's ready to do her review. So... <sighs> This is it for the episode. We're going to review something. We're going to be reviewing Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel to the 2018 film, which starred Chadwick Boseman, the great Chadwick Boseman. Sadly, he passed away during the pandemic and a lot of questions with Wakanda Forever. So this one, once again, was directed and I think co-written by Ryan Coogler. Great director, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's coming back. We got some, we got some new char- We got some new characters and actors, which we'll be talking about, I feel like, in the review. I'm not going to do synopsis anymore. I, I don't know why. I get all tongue-tied. I am done. You should know Wakanda forever. So, pretty much everyone knows what, what it entails. Yeah, so, so, like any review, we always do non-spoiler reviews. Then we get into the spoiler section. Give her final thoughts and a rating. And this one's going to be really interesting. And uh, real quick here, one last tidbit. This is the final project for Phase 4. The last film, the last everything for Phase 4 of Marvel Studios. So, Chris, a spoiler-free review. Take it away. And if you need anything, just look at the link if you need uh, specific names. I feel like you know everybody. You may not know like their real names, but you know all the characters.
1: Yes. So, spoiler review. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, highly anticipated movie, especially at the, the unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman, King T'Challa. Um, I think the question on everyone's mind was, where is this movie going to go?
0: Exactly. Are
1: they going to recast T'Challa? No.
0: No, they stated that.
1: Who's going to become the Black Panther?
0: Million dollar question. That's it. M'Baku,
1: Okoye, Nakia, Nakia, Nakia Shuri. Shuri you know, somebody else, somebody else going to come and take the mantle. So, you know, there's all these speculations and what's going to happen. And it was a very emotional movie. When we saw the initial trailer, it looked like it had so much emotion. There's so much going on. And then you get to the movie and you start to really kind of peel back all the different layers. And the biggest thing it, it, deals with this grief yes how do we handle it different stages and there's so much complexity to this story and every time you watch it you're hit with these emotions and we also get introduced to a brand new world while we're dealing with all of this you know and with the casting of Namor namored um and you
0: know, i <laughs> get it yes <laughs> that man is great
1: uh you know and they change his ethnicity to separate him from aquaman they have similar even history. though they have s- similarities you know and you're kind of looking at all this and what ryan coogler did with this movie was out fucking standing he knocked it out of the park I want to watch it again in theaters. That would be like our what our fifth time watching it.
0: Fifth time we saw it in IMAX, Dolby, two regular. We watched platforms. it
1: twice in the same night of the premiere. Once together with the two of us, you know, in Dolby, and then we watched it again regular with Patrick's auntie and his mom because his auntie loves the cinema,
0: and not then, the theaters. Cinema, and then they cinema. That's <laughs> what Barbie is. No, um, they actually quick tidbit they had never seen they went to see black adam it was like the first time they went to the movie theater since like, like 20 years yeah, 20 years which they're blown away by the experience <laughs> of how much has changed but then i was like well if you like black adam you should really watch these marvel movies and they got hooked with black panther they oh yeah love the black panther uh, film the characters they couldn't wait so go ahead and that's actually the, that's the f- second time we've done that we did that with no way home yes my third time i did that with rogue one
1: I think the most we've seen a movie, at least for myself in theaters, was four times with Captain America, the Winter Soldier.
0: Yes, same same for me. Uh, yes, uh, I did I think, that four times in IMAX.
1: And I think Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is going to break that with number five because I want to see it one more time before it leaves theaters because it's just it's it's that good. And I it's it's definitely has its repay value for that movie.
0: Uh, exactly. Um, actually, the highest mo- the movie I've seen the most was The Dark Knight. Still to this day, seven.
1: Okay, well, now I'm, like, even more motivated to beat that. I hope to do
0: that with uh, Avatar (laughs) Cinema.
1: I mean, but overall, I mean, this movie, these are characters we cared about. These are stories that feel so real. And what Ryan Coogler did with creating this rich world, I mean, Black Panther was outstanding. A whole new level of superhero movies to me, at least in, in my opinion, Marvel bias. Um.
0: <laughs> we, we know. We we, we we heard nothing of you. Do you hear while my I was passion? She was like, you're rambling. I'm like, I'm over here talking. She's she like, I'm done. Henry Cavill's gone. I'm, I'm over.
1: And I feel like with this sequel, it was just so much up in the air, so many uncertainties. And I walked out, I walked out of that movie satisfied. I know there are people who feel differently and, you know, there's other things going on. But for me personally, I think that is my favorite Phase Four movie. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that statement. It no, was,
0: I mean, it's not. It's not a bad. It's not a bad choice. Actually, I, I've been going back and forth and with that. I Ann didn't. Shang-Chi.
1: I didn't have. Not that I didn't. I wasn't confident in Ryan Coogler or the team or anything. But I, I, I didn't go in with a lot of expectations because I just didn't know how mm. I was gonna feel watching this movie. Because even though these these characters are fictional. They feel so real, and that's how good Ryan Coogler is when he tells stories. Is these characters feel like friends, like family? You know, when they mourn and and they go through these emotions, you you fill that with them.
0: I believe that Ryan Coogler might be the more, the most, excuse me, important director in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was tasked with an impossible task of actually. Making a sequel to Black Panther without his lead actor, Chadwick Boseman, who played King D'Challa. Which, Chadwick Boseman was an amazing actor. The first Black Panther was an achievement in film superhero genre because it really... It was was rich with history, uh, characters, themes. Like, this movie, like, when you really peel back the layers... It's just incredible that that Ryan Coogler was able to fit this in one movie. And so when Chadwick Boseman passed, you know, with the recast, you know, they weren't going to recast. They were, you know, Ryan Coogler found a, a story that he felt uh, after tweaking the script after the passing that, that really worked. I, I had high expectations because I was like, what is Ryan Coogler going to do? Not much leaked from this movie. There's a lot of rumors there's like a million dollar question. What's going to happen to the Black Panther? So, of course, when the trailer came out, both trailers, it was very emotional. Now, I knew that Namor was making his appearance, his his f- first live action appearance, like the first time the character would be in the films. And I was super excited. And I knew they were going to tweak it because of Aquaman. Even though Namor came out before Aquaman in the comics, I'm glad that they switched it up. What they did with the introduction of Namor, who I honestly, I loved the character in the comics. I loved uh Tinocha's performance in it I think he understood this character 100% the way he made it his own and they represented in a way that that I didn't even think they were going to go in that route it was incredible like Ryan Coogler truly understands the importance of crafting stories through representation of certain communities he clearly understands it he did it once I didn't think he could knock it out again. You know, like he has the magic touch and he takes time with this. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a movie dealing with grief. That was one of the things that I I wasn't entirely looking forward to was, and I'm sure a lot of audiences weren't either, but you want to see the movie, but you knew you're going to have to, to, we're all going to have to come to grips with the reality of dealing with Chadwick Boseman's untimely passing. Because we, like Chris said, we love these characters. Like the Guardians, to me, are like the dysfunctional American family. Mm-hmm. But Wakanda Forever, one tribe. This was like the this was like a, a movie based off of like the families that we all grew up when we were kids watching all these like movies, and they, you know you always wanted the perfect family and stuff. But Ryan Cooler crafts these stories with such rich history. It goes beyond those movies you grew up as a kid. Like you really care. About T'Challa, you care about the Queen Ramunda. you care about Shuri, Nakia, and Baku, and and then the themes of it. So when I went into the Wakanda Forever, I was like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, I'm just like trying to come up with ways of like, cause I always like to fig- try to figure it out. Could not figure it out. One hundred percent. The way they dealt with T'Challa's death, I thought was incredible, mm-hmm. great tribute. But this movie really deals with with grief, and I honestly believe that this was a great film. For those, for all of us coping with the loss of Chadwick Boseman, but also loved ones, friends, like people who've passed, dealing with that. Obviously, it's on a superhero scale, so not everything's gonna be, we're not gonna be as cool as some of these characters, what they, you know, what happens to them, but I really love this movie. Like, it was, it was a great movie. It was probably way more emotional than the first one. And the first one really hit in certain parts, but this one really, this one really hit hard. Like, with Jason Davis Frank's passing. Like, this movie movie aspect hit me hard. Dealing with it, seeing what these characters had to deal with. And then the introduction of a new character, which has I think has taken the world by storm, all pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with Namor introduction, along with the other characters, part of his group. I think that, like I said, Ryan Cooler, I couldn't believe that Ryan Cooler did this. Yeah. Not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. And it makes you love both of these groups, and you really get into this. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, nobody, like, he's making cinema in Marvel. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, I mean, I, I, I've been joking with Chris about using that um, leading up to Avatar. But no, but seriously, though, Ryan Cooler makes a superhero film. That's what people are labeling. It. But truly, he made a phenomenal film in the superhero genre. Like, I don't want to discredit. This man really... One thing about the Black Panther movies compared to the rest of the movies is you're getting a cinematic experience. It's just, it's just you know, it's just packaged in a superhero genre. But I love this movie. And every time I watched it, it got progressively better. Mm-hmm. And I started discovering things. I started thinking more about it. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. Like, he, Chris is right. He knocked it out of the park. Two home runs. This man cannot be stopped. Same with Barbie cinema. No, but no, it was a great movie. And, and honestly, like r- without Ryan Coogler, I don't think any, I even told Chris this leading up to the movie. I was like, nobody can do this except Ryan Coogler. This is a tough task. And he over exceeded with expectations. When you walked out of that movie theater, like people were clapping. Like, it was, it was a great experience. Every time we saw it, every platform too. I loved an IMAX personally, but that's all I can say. For the spoiler, non-spoiler section. Are you ready for spoilers?
1: Oh yeah! So if you
0: haven't seen Black Panther or Wakanda Forever, go check it out. Seriously, like really, go check out this movie. If you have some hesitations, you know, go check it out. It's it's really good. And then come back and listen to this because this is an incredible film. So welcome to the spoiler section now. And Krista didn't spoil anything. I was so proud of her. Like she did not <laughs> spoil a single uh thing in this but here we go carissa you're up okay no more
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's my man um you know like i said leading up to this movie i was i was getting really excited and I don't feel like I've gotten this excited for a movie in a really long, in a, for a more of a movie in a long time. Now, Spider-Man, Sp- Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, I
0: forgot about that. Yeah, that's another, that's is, an arguably, It was different. It was different for be me top film. because
1: I freaking knew everything. I was yeah. just waiting for when was this going to happen. And so I don't feel like Spider-Man, Spider-Man was close. But Wakanda Forever really pushed pushed me over to the top for that one because i feel like i didn't know what was gonna happen and that's what makes a movie special when i know the whole plot and i know all the people are gonna show up for me walking into the movie it's like okay i'm gonna watch this i already know what's gonna happen i see you know when it's gonna happen and then the order it happens in.
0: i honestly think that's why no way home should be the number one it movie should be in the phase because of what they did this like but oh, when you it's ruin awesome. everything, it, it by showing me, yeah. So like, we're Shang Chi or any of the other uh, Marvel no. films, including I'm gonna the two that I highlight the most is Shang Chi and Wakanda Forever. Wakanda oh. Forever, you didn't know anything, and that really made things better. Shang Chi, but then they spoiled it like right before the movie came out.
1: <laughs> Shang Chi was up there. We got introduced to a whole new world, but I think what Ryan did with this movie. I don't want to talk to him like, a, like Ryan. Yeah, do you know Ryan? Like, like he's my friend or Call something. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but what what he did with this movie is he already did this with Wakanda forever. Well, we got introduced to Wakanda to the rich culture of Wakanda, to the technology, to the people, and we already kind of turned the page over. Now we're going to be introduced to Talokan, Talokan, and the underwater kingdom and the rich. Culture there is there, and I thought that was amazing that he was able to tap into two different cultures that need to be represented more in one movie.
0: It, I, I mean, I kid you not. No, I I've read a lot of the Namor comics, and I was like, my goodness, what he did with it. I was like, I'm glad that they did not follow the comics. He did this right. Yeah. It was so cool because I think it's exciting to see communities being represented. But what Ryan Kugler does is the communities are first and foremost. But then the rest of us, we love this. We're, we're eating this up. We're like, hell yeah. People are teleconning Wakanda forever. And we'll talk about the LA Comic Con. Like <laughs> we're seeing people do this. We're seeing people have a good time at the movie theater and it becomes part of the DNA. Like I see people just Wakanda forever in people.
1: My only, my only real criticism with the movie is the beginning, we kind of just get plopped in. Yes. That's my only, only criticism I honestly truly have with the movie is we just get plopped in to the beginning, you know, and we see Shuri and she's in panic mode. Her brother's dying. She's talking to, the, you know, the other people and the in the lab so rudely. But in that moment, she's in panic mode. Her brother is dying. To everything. And there's nothing that she can do. And I think the actress, Leticia Wright, what she did, I think she had so much range in this movie with conveying those emotions. Because you got to think about it in your point of view. You are one of the smartest person in the world. You have access to technology that most people don't. And you can't save your your brother, your sister, your loved one. You can't save them. What that person must be going through is heartbreaking. It's mortifying. And that scene was so, so powerful. But I feel like we could have kind of gracefully, maybe some way. I I mean, I'm not a writer, so I don't know the whole thing of it. But I kind of feel like I was plopped in. And that's my only criticism with the movie is I didn't like that part.
0: Well, in, in another light, I I agree with you. And now I'm thinking like I wonder if it was Ryan Coogler's interpretation of just thrusting us into this because when Chadwick Bozeman died,
1: that's um, kind of how he felt.
0: We we were kind of throwing it because we we didn't, actually true story we didn't even know that he had passed. We were watching some. We had our phones down, and then Krista reacted because her cousin Sam had texted us. And he's in this quite a lot, Cousin Sam, these stories um, that he had passed and we couldn't believe it. And I feel like maybe that was Ryan Coogler's interpretation of we just, we need to get, we have to deal with this because we can't let this, we can't let this tragedy overshadow the legacy. Isn't that crazy? Like the layers. That's that's what I think. But I agree with you. That was one thing. I didn't like it either. I was like, what's going on? But I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at a different light. But yeah, that's my only thing. But well, we got to talk about this, Chris. I mean, how did you feel... Like, you felt represented, you were telling me, with, with about yeah. and Namor. Like, wh- you love Namor. Let me hear this. Let me hear this <laughs> This love for Namor. I mean, she couldn't get enough
1: of it. You know, it's it kind of reminded me, like, in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, Wanda was a villain, okay? <laughs> yes. I was still rooting for her. I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong, <laughs> but I was rooting for her. I didn't feel that Namor was a a villain
0: he was not a villain I- i'll argue that all day he
1: he wasn't he was just trying to protect his people
0: he's an anti-hero he chooses when he but wants he to do
1: told queen ramanda what he was gonna do he warned her and she still crossed the line and that's the the whole levels of this of this movie is shuri buries herself in her work after a year of her brother's passing Mm-hmm. which a lot of people who don't know how to deal with things will just bury themselves in work. And
0: we can relate to that, all of us. You we know, we have yeah, somebody in our lives you know, like that. You know, to where
1: the, the queen still has to be the queen. She has to take back the, the, the mantle, not the mantle, but the, the, the title of queen. She still has to run her country while trying to grieve the loss of her son. And cope with,
0: and, and also be there for Shuri.
1: For Shuri, you know. And so when we, we get introduced to Namor for the first time, you're kind of like, what <laughs> this feather serpent god mm-hmm. this mutant which yes. nobody in our theaters platform no
0: the no um shocking surprise
1: <laughs> actually in any of our showings no. nobody went oh in yeah. um you know gets, 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 every
0: four every time oh.
1: mutant. we
0: knew it's coming like oh. cinema
1: Stop. Um, you know, we, we get introduced to him and then we get to, you know, see, you know, he doesn't want the surface world to discover his place. Telecon. But his people had to go there to survive. So we're going back to what? The sixteenth century? Like there's so much history.
0: Yeah, he he literally does his 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 history he literally does his, you know, his his work, he he discovers the history because we go back. Mm. I mean, and and then of course the themes of black and brown people were always enslaved and they stole people's resources. Let's not pretend that, that didn't happen. Colonizers. colonizers, yeah, colonizers did this. And people don't like realism in movies. I do, and I think one thing that makes Ryan Coogler's films different is because like people feel like they're being like they're like they're hitting them over the head with it. I think Ryan Kugler is just brutally honest, but mm-hmm. he does it in such a beautiful way mm-hmm. that you you kind of just absorb. Like, yeah, that's true. It's unfortunate. It is. It's a really unfortunate. And of course, telecoms people were, you know, they were dying of a disease of the
1: smallpox. Yeah,
0: and their and and their god, you know, led them the, to
1: a similar. It wasn't a heart shaped herb, but, but it, was, it was like it was enriched, vibranium.
0: Yeah, soil of a of a fruit. Right. It was like or, a flower. Flowers. It's just a fruit.
1: And they were. In order for them to survive, they all had to consume it. Kind of like how the Black Panther does the herb. The only difference is instead of getting the power of the Black Panther, they have to go live underwater to survive. They have gills,
0: and because I think it's of course because it's found in water. Yes, which is brilliant because then they're forced to leave their homeland, and you get this beautiful story with with Namor, and you understand because he's he's, he's really called Namor, but then when you understand this movie, why they call him Namor? It's I mean it's brilliantly done mm-hmm. like there's this the fine details that ryan coogler and the team do do i mean we should be blessed that that ryan coogler puts this much care in everything he touches because I, th- I thought the telecom that was nuts when you go to the city it's beautiful.
1: It's kind of like the first time when we enter into Wakanda.
0: A lot of parallels similar. Yes. yes.
1: And we, we we get to see Wakanda, you know, we go in through the trees, which we think we're going to crash. And we see this beautiful city. I feel like it was the same thing with entering into Talokan is we get to see okay we, we get to see the people we're seeing them instead of doing the wakanda forever they have their doing own the, they have their own version which people think
0: is the dragon ball z which kind of super looks like saiyan. Their super
1: saiyan over there <laughs> Kamehameha
0: wave Kamea, <laughs> you wave. know
1: and we get to see the parallels and like we're, we're kind of jumping all over the place well so, spoilers so i feel like spoilers yeah. spoilers but at, at this point when we get to see the underwater kingdom shuri is taken Mm-hmm. Because they are after an American scientist who built a machine that can detect vibranium, which enters in Riri Williams,
0: aka Ironheart. So her debut.
1: Yes. Which some actually might, might be the second thing that I, I'm going to probably complain about later. But so Okoye takes Shuri on a mission to go get the scientist because Namor wants her, mm. because she is endangering his people. Americans and other, you know, nations want vibranium. Yeah. T'Challa opened up the world that they now know there's vibranium.
0: And the promise of sharing the yes. resources, but of course with the untimely death and Wakanda's policy of not sharing vibranium because w- they have to worry about what the other powers will do with it because we know what they'll do with it. Mm-hmm. Use it to rage war. Yes. And use and and take all the resources like our history has shown. And I think that's brilliant that Ryan Coogler Continues to give tidbits of history,
1: and so Namor goes to Queen Ramanda and Shuri when they're trying to finish the mourning process of losing T'Challa and bearing the 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 funeral garments. And he shows them, look at what these people are doing.
0: The way he wrote, like his first appearance, the way he comes out of the that water, was scary,
1: and the way he his hair dries so quickly.
0: Yes, <laughs> what a skill, what a power.
1: <laughs> but he tells them, let's be allies. Let's be allies, because if they come for you, they're going to be coming for me soon. And And this is the first act, so bring me the scientist. So they, Okoye and Shuri go on the you know a a rogue mission to the United States. They visit their their favorite colonizer to find out who ever Ross (laughs) to find out who this scientist is, and we find out that this girl is nineteen years old at MIT, and she is a genius. She is like Shuri
0: very similar yes yes very you know but of
1: course things don't go go according to plan we get this epic car chase you know running from the 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 popo the (laughs) feds that's funny (laughs) you know it's it leads to okoye getting defeated
0: yeah i love that 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 this film challenged the heroes we were accustomed to, that, that Ryan Coogler gives them adversity that feels real. That They're feels not believable. invincible. Yes. Even though we believe they were because yes. of how well, but like he really shows how powerful Telecon is when vibranium versus vibranium. Yes. It is a nightmare.
1: Yes. And that was and cool. We did see a little, a little snippet of vibranium, vibranium in the first movie when T'Challa and Killmonger fought.
0: True, but like, but a, this a, a
1: was like another amplified.
0: power. Yeah, another oh, power. Yeah, you know, and so attend- Shuri
1: gets taken, and she's obviously treated differently because she is a princess. You know, that they dress her in different clothes. That The humor, I thought the humor was good, but it didn't always hit for people.
0: No, the, the best humor was when Shuri and Okoye went to the college. Yeah. Because Shuri was a fan favorite because she had some of the funniest, um, dialogue and anything she was in and this one uh, unfortunately because we're dealing with grief you didn't see it as much so when we got to see the glimpse in the college i i loved it but yeah some of the humor wasn't 100 percent, and i th- I think that's just a lot of that has to do with the theme of the film of, of dealing with grief yeah but um yeah when namor first showed up and and you want to say it, how- what they call him i love the way he said it namor yeah when he goes they call me
1: like
0: no, but like when he's like ah, uh,
1: kook The
0: way he like I'll be honest, with you like screen presence to me is 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 a huge thing. When you can command
1: He's like, "Oh, my enemies call me Namor."
0: Yeah, when you command your presence <laughs> like like Tony Leung as Win or like Robert Downey Jr as Iron Man, the two the three biggest MVPs of this film was really Angela Bassett, Queen Ramonda, oh, yeah. Tenoch Huerta, Namor, and of course, Letitia Wright as Shuri, all three of them put on outstanding performances. Honestly, I'm going to say the same thing a lot of people are saying. Angela Bassett, excuse me, Oscar nomination. Please, she truly delivered. Uh, yeah, and those, you, those, you, you, I know, you, but you she, know,
1: you know how people feel about these I know, comic book movies. But I'm she, telling you that no, was that she, one hit hard. She conveyed emotion like no other. Like, God, she was so good in this movie. But you know how snobby. Those Oscar voters on. But
0: I'm going to say it though. She was, she was, it should be Oscar worthy. She clearly just was put on a clinic in acting. And of course, same with Letitia Wright. She had to handle, single handedly carry this movie dealing, well, I shouldn't say single handedly, but she single handedly had to really carry a lot of this movie because she she was
1: our emotional. Her character had to step in from being a supporting character to be a main character. The only problem. Is in my opinion, she got overshadowed by Namor.
0: Yeah, no, uh Huertas' Namor was really powerful because he he clearly understood the assignment because, like, his portrayal of it was incredible. Like, it's I'm going to be honest with you, Namor is going to be scary in the Marvel Sigma Universe because he's smart and what he wanted in the beginning of the movie, he, he got- achieved. And I told Chris I was like he got everything he wanted. So at the end of the day, did he really lose? No, no. But at the same time, we got a lot of growth from sure. When she became, when when they figured out how to do the Black Panther, I love that. Uh, I love the scientist aspects and that that frustration she got when she took the herb. And we got to see Killmonger. That was that's what Chris is right. The surprises of this movie was incredible. Was seeing Killmonger show up in her vision.
1: Let Let's go back a little bit. <laughs> We're all over the place. We're all over but the place. But a, that's that's a point of reviews. You kind of start tackling. <laughs> let's let, let's go back a little bit. How did Shuri? So in the beginning of the movie, Shuri was trying to recreate the heart shape earth yeah. because Killmonger burned the whole thing, and the elders let him.
0: And this and whatever T'Challa had the the heart earth... It wasn't he, enough to no.
1: to defeat whatever illness. And it didn't disclose what illness that he had, which I kind of I, I kind of did like that because it kind of just left it open to interpretation. Yeah, I
0: mean what? Yeah.
1: Um. You know, so how did Shuri end up recreating the heart-shaped herb? Well, Namor, when they took Shuri and Riri Williams down to, it wasn't necessarily, it was like a cave that she entered in late, later to go into, ah, Telecon. Telecon.
0: Um tongue tied with blah, blah, blah,
1: blah, Telecon. Telecon, okay. Why uh, is Telecon? <laughs> Telecon! Okay, so <laughs> she gets treated differently because she's a princess. They, they dress her up in more formal wear. She sits down and sits down face-to-face with Namor. He kind of shares her history because she sees a piece of jewelry Oh, are you going to pop table. the quote?
0: The famous quote? Because I love that. That was like the best quote of the whole movie. What's fair
1: favorite quote? The one? Oh, no, 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 not that. Oh, okay. not there. I'm not there. I'm not, not there. You know, so she asks where is that from? It was a piece, it was a necklace. Oh no, sorry, the bracelet, excuse me. And it was his mother's. And she's like, that's like from the 16th century. Are you that old? you know and so he he goes through the, their history and what happened and that bracelet was made from the plant that gave them the powers or kind of, kind of, yeah i guess i would say powers because they yeah. are enhanced yeah, they're individuals enhanced.
0: they're just not like unique like the black panther
1: yes, cuz yes. they have
0: their own they have a god they don't have a king or a general they have a god
1: you know um it was that bracelet was made from the plant that they consumed to go into the water and become who they are now and so Shuri takes that later in the movie because he gives it to her as a gift, as hopefully building a relationship. And then he wanted Wakanda to be an ally
0: because he knew what they would do. They he would come from
1: what the surface world would do
0: if they found out about telecom. Yes. and Wakanda. Wakanda's resources. Yeah.
1: So he gave it to her as a gift. So when. Nakia finally comes in. God, this movie, there's so much going on in I know. this movie, honestly. It's, it's a long a really, episode. It's really a long episode. But I
0: feel like it's due. People have been wanting to hear us. We need you to know, talk about this. So
1: when Shuri gets rescued by Nakia, who's been away in Haiti, we'll come to that later, mm-hmm. um, Queen Ramonda comes to her because Okoye failed. And see, oh, that broke me when Okoye And failed. seeing Okoye, Lou Shuri, have to go back home, have to face the cancel and the other Dora Milaje, and to, and to have Queen Ramonda strip her of her general title and her Dora Milaje, you took everything from I her. felt that. It hurt. That was heartbreaking. Because
0: you're emotionally invested in it, so it really hurts. Like, Denai, uh was fantastic in this as well. Another, just the cast is was All-star level performances here.
1: So, eventually, Shuri gets rescued, and, you know, Queen Munda goes to Nakia, who's in Haiti, who's been there for six years. Um,
0: It's very important, those six years.
1: Yes, it is. And she goes, because she was a spy. She could infiltrate, you know, countries, you know. So, she was able to go in, get Shuri, get Riwi, and for- Riwi, Riwi. I can't talk today. And unfortunately, she had to kill one of Namor's people to yeah, do so.
0: That was the, I was freaking out for her.
1: You know, and Namor was away because Queen Ramonda distracted him. But Shuri got to go down to Talokan.
0: <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and oh. she got to see the people, the kingdom, and it reminded her of Wakanda. And that always stuck with Shuri. From there, that's where all hell breaks loose.
0: Yeah, the, the the underwater scenes were incredible, how they did it, because like you gotta give some credit that's so much to talk about in this movie, but you have to give credit to Lud Ludwood Grunson.
1: Oh, he is his amazing. score, the,
0: the the music that that they use which fused both um both worlds. It was amazing. Like you could feel that speech and mm-hmm. you knew hell was gonna break loose. like I said, Namor was was just ripping through. And I love the aspect that Wakanda was vulnerable cuz mm-hmm. we i mean wakanda's the most powerful nation we know that their their people but are but they had
1: never they had never had to face an enemy that had the access to vibranium just like them
0: i'll be honest with you, when, when namor when the when they infiltrated wakanda that whole scene blew me away was how powerful he comes up and then they start shooting he doesn't move he just looks at him and i'm like the comic aspect, the comic fan of me is like, oh my goodness, I feel so sorry for what's about to happen. Because Namor does, uh, does not care. He just never has cared. If you read any of the comics, even Civil War, mm-hmm. Chris saw a brief glimpse of it, does not care.
1: Mm. Not my problem. He only wants to help if it's going to benefit him and his people.
0: And that's not some, like, it's weird for me to be gravitated toward a character like that because I'm not like that in real life. But I find that interesting. Because I know he's not a bad person, but there's just these aspects about him that makes him unique.
1: But he comes to war. He he warned Queen, Queen Raimondo was going to happen if you crossed him. And she crossed him. She didn't want to hand over the scientist like she was supposed to. But- she stole Shuri after she had already been captured. She had Nakia. You know, I don't think she intentionally meant to kill. No. But she did. She started the war. I'm not saying she deserved what happened to her because that broke me. Oh my God, let me get there.
0: No, neither party deserved what they had to do or what happened because there were casualties.
1: Namor came and showed them what they could do. Yeah, I mean, he won. them. um, M'Baku underestimated him. him. Correct. And M'Baku found out how powerful he really is.
0: Yeah, Namor is one of the most powerful in in Marvel.
1: He went after the queen like he said he would. And unfortunately, they, the Wakanda has a lot of rebuilding to do after, after what happened there.
0: And and also like the on the other side of it, you have to really respect Queen Ramonda because that's why she was such an important figure in Wakanda. She was she like we admired her because she had such grace and poise, and she always, in my opinion, I feel like Queen Ramonda did the right things. Unfortunately, she she passed away, and that's what, that, like I said, it's a casualty. That's why I never considered No More a villain because who are the true villains? Is what No More said. It's going to be everyone else coming after both of us. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I don't think he was right. He he wasn't the villain, but I don't think he was entirely right. But that's No More, and so Shuri, of course, matches that rage with with her with her own you mm-hmm. know matches her rage with his rage. We get an epic fight in the sea. We get the first time we get to see the Midnight Angels, which was I think was really cool. And then, of course, like, Chris and I didn't really talk about... Um, we really didn't talk about uh, Tuma and Namora, which mm-hmm. were incredible. Like, the aspects of them coming out of the water and, like, the way he slowed it down. Like, the sirens, as Krista, mm-hmm. in the beginning. Just so much detail. And you couldn't believe that this movie was packed. This much of a movie was packed in, in the... It wasn't even a long runtime, I don't think. mm hmm and it's a remarkable film. And of course, let's let's talk about, we got to talk about the end. The end is the most powerful as we wrap this up. Well,
1: the- to kind of sum it up, I know we're, we're rambling. We've gone on for like almost 40 minutes, I feel like. Um, you don't even need to watch the movie now. We just gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, watch the movie. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, please.
1: Shuri becomes the Black Panther.
0: That was amazing.
1: She was able to make a synthetic heart-shaped herb by using the strands from the bracelet that Namor had gave her. And she and Riri Williams were able to outsmart Namor. They wanted to know what made him so powerful. And they noticed in the Battle of Wakanda, the Battle of Wakanda, like the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a loser. He,
0: he needs water.
1: <laughs> he needs water after so long. And he's able to breathe both in land and sea
0: versus his people. Yes. And he's not blue because he's, yeah, he's different. He's immune.
1: He's a mutant. So they were able to outsmart him by creating a chamber, like a dehydration chamber.
0: That was smart. To
1: trap him in the ship, dehydrate the moisture. That's how they can beat him. And that's how she was able to beat him. Now, Shuri, when she became the Black Panther and she went to the ancestor plane, she did not get to see who she wanted to see. She wanted to see probably her mom, her mom, her dad, her brother. Somebody. She sees her cousin, the, and, and the way, that was such an a, epic thing. There,
0: such a great surprise because the way they did it, as he, as you turn slowly, like as if we're peeking, and you see him, you're like, <gasps> "What?" Like it was, it was like, <laughs> "Oh!"
1: But what happened? Where, where she was, what she was wanting, she was angry. She wanted to burn the world. She wanted to wrong whoever wronged her.
0: Because she couldn't deal with the death of her brother.
1: And that is what Killmonger was all about. They were no different.
0: And he was fantastic in that little, oh, yeah.
1: It was It was just- It was intense. That was a wake-up call to Shuri.
0: But it was great because when she comes out of it, the discovery that it worked was brilliant. And then we get the whole Black Panther reveal.
1: Yes. And
0: I loved her suit. Now, I will say this. people, I've seen people arguing. I personally thought it was great- the way Riri and her outsmarted, and how Shuri ended up handling Namor in that final battle. I, people were like, "Well, you know, there's no way he would have lost." I was like, "That's the point."
1: She outsmarted him.
0: Yes, like Batman does it too. But, He's a detective, like literally. In the,
1: but in the end, Namor got what he wanted. Is Wakanda an ally or an enemy? They're allies. And they became allies.
0: But he knew when to yield because it. I love that aspect of when when she was about to kill him, he retorted back to his childhood. What they went through. But
1: it, that was also a nice parallel from the first Black Panther when Mbaku and T'Challa fought. Mm-hmm. And he said, Yield for your people.
0: Exactly. So there's a lot of parallels Ooh. with Shuri. You see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this movie's incredible because Ryan Coogler adds all these layers on top of layers that you really need to think about this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between Shuri's um, journey <laughs> and T'Challa's journey into eventually the Black Panther. It's um, like a donut. Mantle. Oh, but Benoit Blanc, yeah, from <laughs> Knives Out. But yeah, it's just uh, incredible and just incredible. And then, of course, let's talk about the ending, like the, the, the part ending. that oh, we had to deal. Oh, the reveal!
1: Oh, wow.
0: Well, we'll talk about like th- that reveal, but let's talk about the. We're finally dealing with. You know, we're finally going to confront the. You know, the uncomfortableness of this is our tribute to Chadwick Boseman. We're we're all we're all going through this together. We're, we're going to move on and honor the legacy of this incredible man, this incredible character in this movie. When she went back to, because Nakia said, come back to, you have a home in Haiti. Mm -hmm. She goes to Haiti, burns the gown, told Nakia, I got to do this by myself, because Nakia's like, I got something to, you know, real quick here. She's like, no, I got to do it myself. And that scene is so powerful with Letitia Wright when she starts. We see the flashbacks of the first Black Panther Mm -hmm. and the Avengers films, and she's starting to cry, and she burns, and she finally, she finally comes to grips with his death, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so powerful because it wasn't just her, it was all of us in that death movie theater. Is so
1: hard. it is so hard. I know everyone you know people say it's part of life, and it is you know we're born, we die, but not having somebody who's in your life every day, yeah not be there anymore. it's not something that gets easier with time. But it's something we have to accept. Yes. And I feel at the end of the movie, she was able to accept her brother is gone, mm-hmm. but he is always going to live on through her.
0: Yes. And of course, you know, their culture, death is just a stepping off point. I love the way they, they their way of looking at death versus how we as Americans look at it. Yes. And of course, the movie ends with the beautiful Rihanna song, Lift Me Up, mm-hmm. which it just, it just hit well. And then.
1: It, you know, when we heard the song before the movie, we were like, oh, this is like a nice good song. It's good. It's good. You hear the song at the Washington movie, you're like, damn, this song is so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of my favorite songs. It's not my favorite song. My favorite song is um, Burner Boys, um, Alone. Yeah, I love that song when they're trying to figure out how to take down the more and all that. But yeah. then, then the credits go, but let's get, there's not two post-credits scenes. Let's talk about the, the one post credit scene, which I think broke us all, but we all kind of like rejoiced because it's such a beautiful tribute. To Bozeman and King T'Challa, go ahead, Chris.
1: Nakia says, "Can we join you now?" And Shuri looks back, and Nakia is walking with the little boy. They sit down. Shuri's looking at him, like, and wh- they cast that little boy
0: very well, by the way. And by the way, I did recognize something in the movie, which Chris says you caught it on the second time, right? Mm-hmm. Is when when Queen shows up to Haiti, a bunch of kids come up, and the young child that Chris is about to talk about. He looked super excited mm-hmm.
1: that she was there.
0: Th- there, and I was like, "What is that about?" So when I saw the, the child again, I was like, "Oh my goodness, go ahead!" I couldn't believe it.
1: He is the son of T'Challa.
0: But he was named. He had a Haitian name. Yes, and a Wakanda name. Yes, uh, Tucson, I believe which is a famous was a Haitian uh, name. Yeah, it was a famous uh, historically cultural figure in Haiti. I think that led a revolutionary. Revol.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And so, when we saw that child, you were like, what is that? And Shiri's just trying to cope with it. Go ahead.
1: You know, and and he he, he tells her, you know, I have another name. And she tells him, you know, in Wakandan, who are you? He says, my name is T'Challa, the son of King T'Challa. So T'Challa lives on in his son. Also, oh, The Lion King.
0: And oh. I love, and I love, I love the whole, I love the whole breakdown of of what, why she hid it, why she didn't attend the funeral, Nakia. But I love the fact that, the you know, like the kids, like, oh, your name's kind of cool too. But I love the fact that when he when he laughed, it was just so adorable. He and then
1: that he had that like a smile like Chadwick did. It just kind of brightens up the room.
0: But I loved at the end when the final thing when Shuri's wiping tears and she starts laughing. Chris said, like, she's not alone. Mm-hmm. She can finally, there's, there's something, there's something, the happiness is coming back because your brother's still here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you still have family, Nakia and Baku, Okoye. Like, but that child, we all now, ch- like, everyone kept saying recast the Chala The, t- the still here. And it's beautiful how they did that. That was perfect. And so that, that and wraps up.
1: Soundtrack. Oh, oh it's amazing the first time i heard the soundtrack i couldn't decide if it was better than the first soundtrack yeah the it was first hard. soundtrack it was, was amazing fire but the more and more i listened to it it it's a mixture of different language there are six languages in this movie according to ryan coogler we could only detect five
0: yeah five so if someone knows the other one please let us so, please us on social so, media because i would love to know obviously
1: that- english there's spanish there's Mayan, there's French, and there's M- Macondan, which is, there's a real, name yeah, it's a real language. language. Yeah. There's one more language in this movie, and we can't figure out what it is.
0: You said French, right? French, okay. yeah. Um, real quick here, because we're about to wrap this up, we forgot to talk about two things here uh, the Riri Williams aspect. Yes. And of course, another surprise that Everett Ross's wife, yes. ex wife, is. Uh, uh, Val Delafontaine, the
1: mm-hmm. new director,
0: Patrick. yeah, of the CIA, which we've been seeing pop up, played by uh, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus mm-hmm. from Seinfeld. She's popping up as a new baddie in a bunch of shows. So the Riri Williams aspect—I'll take it first. Um, my thing is, uh, a lot of people were like saying whether or not she was in it would it made a difference. It is true. I don't think either aspect, but I really did like Riri Williams coming in. But I compared it to. The Civil War aspect where Spider-Man kind of just got thrown in there. That's how I felt Riri Williams was. And Namor and Black Panther's introductions were a lot better because... More organic. The more organic, more natural, more emphasis, more center of the story where that's the downfall with Riri Williams. I think she's essential. She had to be in this, but I felt like it was kind of hard because there were so many other great things happening in the movies. What about yourself?
1: No, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I mean... She needed to be part of the. She needed to be part of the story. But Great I kinda, character. But I mean, but I kind of feel like it was just kind of bloop in there, just to kind of fit.
0: And we're getting like little, little, little tidbits of her background, yes. which I'm excited for a series because I thought they casted well with, with her. She was good. Um, the other oh, we already talked about, yeah, the Val one too. Like, um, that one could have been in there or not. It really didn't make a difference.
1: It but it, it added a little more. It added a, a little, little, bit, little yeah. more to it. Yeah, because so it, it
0: really stung. But
1: and now Everett Ross is content.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool because that was that was definitely a callback to the first Mm -hmm. one because he always he stepped up, Mm -hmm. defended them, he put his own safety at risk, his own career Mm -hmm. to help them in their need because of what they did for him by saving his life, and to be rewarded with a lot of great humor by Mm -hmm. Okoye. Amazing. So yeah, great film. I know so much to talk about.
1: So much fun. So final thoughts. Definitely watch it. I can't wait to see the theater again. Huh?
0: Final thoughts on rating. Sorry.
1: Oh, my rating for this is a ninety-five, bro. Whew. I don't remember what I put down for the first Black Panther because that was like four years ago, almost five years ago. Um, but I, I've been thinking about this. Is this better than the first one?
0: It's a hard question. Um,
1: for me, yes. I love Namor. I love Talokan. I loved everything about this movie. I mean, there's some little parts we could have ironed out a little bit. But Ryan Coogler knocked it out of the park for me. He really, really just elevated this story and made it more rich, more complex, more characters. And when you reenter this world again, you're excited to see what's going to happen next. Like, I need more Namor no in my life. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, my final thoughts is this is probably the most important film in the Phase 4 because of the aspects of what happened in real life with Chadwick Boseman. And of course, to move this character and these two now these two worlds forward. It's, it's a great film. It is way better than what you're going to anticipate. And it, it, it's quite a journey for us and the characters. And I just love the aspect of dealing with grief. I feel like Ryan Coogler really nailed that perfectly of how we need to deal with grief. How do we deal with losing somebody we care about? And I love no more, I want, I want more, no more. I want more Wakanda. I want more Shuri's Black Panther. I cannot wait. Dalokan. Yes, Wakanda <laughs> forever. I cannot wait for this. But honestly, the best part about this is the legacy of Chadwick Bozeman. Especially we didn't talk about, it, but when he went up with his with Ugh. his casket with the I arms. cried like f- yeah. six
1: times in this movie, man. It was or, amazing. Every time, every time I cried. A
0: fitting tribute to Chadwick Bozeman, and I think that Ryan Coogler just over exceeded and i can't wait for the third one so uh my rating um yeah i would probably i probably have to agree with chris on ninety four. because i hold the the other i hold black panther uh like like a 90 like a truly like a 97 98 like it's really
1: i think i did 98
0: it's great yeah
1: i don't remember i'll have to go back and like look and like listen and see
0: but that is uh that is it thank you guys so much for listening if you liked if this is like your first time checking us out um you know definitely uh, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast from. We're on pretty much every streaming platform. Uh, social media wise, if you like to stay up to date, it's TOC Movies at Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. But uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Of course, thank you guys once again for listening.
1: We hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. And a happy new year. And I hope you guys a have a happy new year. year. It's gonna be the year of the rabbit.
0: Yes, and like I said earlier (laughs) in the beginning of the episode, uh, I just wish the best for everyone. If you're, you know, not feeling health
1: and happiness, it's important. It is,
0: and if you're not feeling too well, reach out to somebody. Even if you don't think um, that person cares, you'd be surprised. Anybody, and of course, we put the the hotline, the suicide prevention hotline, in the description, though. So please reach out. So happy New Year. Happy holidays. We'll see you guys hopefully relatively soon in 2023. So, this is it. So, until next time.
1: Wakanda Forever.
0: Wakanda Forever. I'm The Patrick.
1: This is Carissa.
0: Stay tuned for another episode of Tomorrow Comes Movies. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this is Kyle Phillips. I hope you enjoyed, and uh
1: hope you stuff with tomorrow comes movies.